Would you catch them all? Because I'd catch them all hard. Mm. He puts the potion on his skin or else he gets the wand again. Hello and welcome to uh, this year's Halloween episode, as we're calling it, of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. First and foremost, if you're new to the podcast, you came in on one of the weirdest times <laughs> to do so, but welcome. A uh, couple things to get out of the way. Uh, first and foremost, welcome. We hope that you have a good time and enjoy your time around here. And a piece of cleanup news or, you know, kind of an announcement for the show. Chris and I are talking right now, but it sounds like we're going to skip next week because Halloween's on a Tuesday. I have family things I've already planned to do with my family. Um, and it sounds like we might do it Wednesday, but honestly, I think there's not a lot happening. It's Halloween. Let everybody have time with their family. Take a week off. Have a good time. But... We're going to get going into an episode of a relatively slow news week. There's some things that have happened that are worth talking about, some layoffs that have been continuing to sweep across every aspect of the entertainment and tech industries, um, or at least the tech industries, and has bled into the entertainment side of the tech industries. Uh, a little bit happening in terms of um, Spider-Man 2's massive success, and some questions that we have from y'all, as well as checking in on how everybody's liking Spider-Man 2. But without further ado the way we always start this show off is to remind chris that he puts the potion in the basket um <laughs> so chris <laughs> hi what potions have you been putting in said baskets this week um there's a love potion an eternal mm. toxic uh fire um mm -hmm. felix felicis i have in the basket mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. can't use that during sporting events but it's okay i mean that's fair right yeah, you wouldn't want to cheat. I mean, steroids are okay. Oh, absolutely. That makes the game yeah, more we want, fun. We want, luck? You know, we want our guys, Mark McGuire, hitting them out of the field. You know what I mean? That's what we want. But <sighs> You said a bunch of words that were so close to being right. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I was trying. I was like, who's the guy? <laughs> Mark McGuire was right. And then you said field. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, park. There yeah. we go. At least you didn't park. say points. That's okay. Yeah, you can tell which one of us uh, enjoys the baseball. But Chris, yes. jokes aside, we talk about what games have been playing. And uh, of course, the big game of the week is Spider-Man 2. So before we get into Spider-Man 2, is there anything else that you've been playing? And then we'll talk about the Spider-Man of it all, along with the community. Um, a little bit of Honkai Star Rail. And then I feel like I've played other things, but I've just been consumed by... Uh, symbiotes at this point so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's kind of hard to remember so honkai okay. for sure a little bit of marvel snap as always you know for a little pop of color and then uh that's it as one does yeah yeah of course uh, are you still liking honkai pretty well yeah if honkai is really fun i don't i have to be honest i don't understand why i like that game <laughs> that's weird is it uh is it free to play like the genshin was yeah it's a gotcha game for sure yeah i figured uh, but I haven't really interacted with any of them, so I'm not entirely... Like, I know the concept, but I've actually not played them to understand how it works yeah, that part of it in. As far I'm as assuming it's based off of what characters you get you have access to. Yeah, which is the one thing I've found weird. I'm not crazy far, but it seems like the story... Play, like, there's one character I just met who I happened to get in a role 
So, like, the character I just met five minutes ago has been on my team for, like, the past five hours of gameplay. And then they get into the game, and it's, I'm literally walking around as this character. They're like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm like, you're the chick with the cool guitar electricity attack. Why are you, we've met? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem with that type of game, though, because it's like, if you want to tell a story within that type of world, it's really complicated because things are going to happen at different times. And a lot yeah. of games face that. <laughs> so is the game kind of like, for for lack of better uh, touchstone for me, uh, Blizzard had a game out years ago that was a MOBA called Heroes of the Storm. And mm. they rotated characters out and you'd buy the characters that you and that would change which access. And each week, I think the free one rotated so that you could try them all before you decided to buy them. Um, yeah. Is it sort of like that? where it's free to play, but you have to pay for character access for the ones that you want, but you occasionally get a free one due to random things so far. Or is there more to it so far? The way it feels to me is more akin to persona five Royal, except if you had to roll for your personas. (laughs) Okay. Like that's the gameplay. Like it's a JRPG ass game. But then it's turn based, right? These, yeah, it is. Yeah, and the one thing it. I like about it is I can just kind of be like, I don't <laughs> want to do this battle, and then just fast forward and auto auto attack. It's uh, that I really enjoy. Um, so hold yeah, on, it, hold on, Chris. Yeah, if I recall, there's a JRPG that you uh had very big concerns with and gripes with because the game let you auto attack. No, I think you're very specifically missing a small <laughs> bit of context that would make mm, more complaints. That? that I didn't mm. think playing that game was fun. <laughs> you weren't playing it. <laughs> well, that was the point I was making is I turned those on because I wasn't having fun because I needed enough, to see Chris. the story for the spoilers. Fair enough, Chris. You know okay. what, I'll go back. I'll play it again. I need to get the platinum, so I'll go back. I forgot you didn't go for platinum. <laughs> no. I turned well, that hey. off after like the 18th ending or whatever. I did all the endings. Like I did everything. Proud so of you. I've seen There's it. There's five I endings. I seen it. You seen it. I did seen it. Well, Chris, the one thing that I needed you to take away from the game and that I would mm. probably swing on you if you didn't agree is that the music is an absolute bop in that game. So oh, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We've come to a consensus in one of the most important areas of the game. And so the continue. Honkai is pretty good. Honkai is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, I've, uh, I've got Lies of P on my side. I uh, still played more of that. Made some good progress. Um, I <laughs> rode the cable cart up Ooh. for anybody who's playing to give you some context as to where I'm at. I'm not super far, but I'm really explorative in those games, which I think is why games like... Um, I think it's why the idea of a game being open like Elden Ring was kind of like, well, I already feel like I get a lot of exploration out of those games anyway because I know that there's a version of Lies of P that you can play and beat probably really quickly if you know where you're going and you know what to do and you're not exploring, but exploring is fun. So it's like that's what I like about those games and you add a lot of playtime through there. But uh, I know you can do that in Elden Ring as well, but maybe one of these days Elden Ring will speak to my soul. Yeah, maybe uh, also, one of these days. I'll take a quick note. I feel bad for girls because I am, as part of my punishment uh, for losing Velvet's Corner weeks ago, you may notice that I have a very beautiful shade of lipstick on. Um, so in, in case you didn't, now's your time. Watch the episode. This is one of the few times I'm going to tell you, watch. <laughs> yeah. Chris got a new mic because you guys are super cool and give us Patreon money. Uh, mm-hmm. So Chris got a nice mic arm and mic and uh, interface. And look, he's back up. He's also got a wand. 
Yes, this is Harry Potter's wand. And he can be more than one type of wizard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for the record that none of you get context on. Ever. And you never will. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to throw it out that to keep me from ruining my lipstick or ruining my drink, I put a straw in my Baja Blast. And this is tough, man. Yeah, I don't like drinking from a can with a straw. Mm. And also, dude, lipstick's still getting all over the straw. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Why is it getting that far down, Brett? Jesus Christ. Look, buddy. <laughs> when the Baja wants to blast, oh sometimes, you gotta, <laughs> sometimes you got to take it to the base. Uh, Chris. Okay. Yes. Hi, Brett. I think we can probably talk about our feelings for Spider-Man 2 since they're going to have to be somewhat spoiler-free alongside the community. So this week's Community's Take, as Chris and I said at the end of last week, if you're unfamiliar, Community's Take is where at the end of the episode we look at something we talked about or something we think will be coming up and we ask you guys in the community for your thoughts on it. This week's is real simple for those who have started PlayStation's biggest game of the year in Spider-Man 2. What are your spoiler-free thoughts on it? so far and we got a lot of responses because of course a lot of people are playing it Uh, and this is a really good time to announce also that one of our great listeners so kind has sent in a code for us for the collector's edition of spider-man um so it's just a code but we're going to do a giveaway for it and they were kind enough to provide that so if you're listening if you're listening on podcast service Post a review. If you've posted a review, take a screenshot, send it to us at Twitter or X, previously known as Twitter, and post (laughs) it there. And we will use that as confirmation of your entry. And we will give away next week in lieu of an episode, we'll give away a copy of Spider-Man 2. So look for that. Uh, It's a great way for us to get a little bit more exposure. Hopefully it gets you guys uh, to tell us all the nice things you love about the show on what is honestly the weirdest episode of the show um <laughs> that intro is going to go down in the, in the annals of history mm-hmm. absolutely and i said that correctly <laughs> i heard ah, you definitely did yeah a, a um, polyp on the ass cheek of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> anyway right, so Chris. how do you guys like spider-man 2 all right so we got a lot of answers uh the most important one is a gif of black cat winking while she's holding my rod, a rod. Um, and it says this scene alone. Oh my G G G G G G G. And then, you know, the emoji with like the sweat face, like you can't hardly take it no more. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yeah. Tongue out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with them. You know, black cats looking real good in this game. Mm. Real good. She looks like (laughs) if, if anyone who's played it, you can tell me. She looks like Liv Tyler in this game. A little bit. Like exactly. Like no, I wouldn't even say a little bit. That's like I will Liv, say exactly. But she definitely has some Liv Tyler and Lord of the Rings vibes to her. Yeah. I see a little Anne Hathaway, a little Liv Tyler. I'll give you a little Anne Hathaway too, but yeah. I'm, there's there's more Liv Tyler. Yeah, there's I'm with definitely you. more Liv Tyler. And Liv Tyler is beautiful. So oh yeah, <laughs> zero. Yeah, uh, that's completely lines up. Uh, no but Eric now going Bana, into still. I know, right? But you can't. Who else? Who is besides Eric Bannon? I mean, Edward Norton. You're Mark smart Ruffalo. man. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, guys. So we have Velvet Thunder, as you may know from Velvet's Corner fame. He says, "I got the plat yesterday." By the way, Velvet, I hope you enjoy my lipstick shade. I chose it just for you. I, my wife put this on me, by the way. 
Otherwise, it would look a lot worse because I had no clue how to do this. Uh, he says, I got the plat yesterday. Absolutely incredible <clears throat> game. Not only is it my game of the year, but it's past the Batman games to be my favorite superhero game ever. Also, it's my favorite Spider-Man story outside of the comics, including the Spider-Verse films. Those are big, big, lofty words. I'm glad to hear it. I've said on the podcast a few times, um, I think Batman Arkham City is the pinnacle. And the Arkham Trilogy as a whole is up there as the pinnacle. Maybe closely behind it followed up is, in my opinion, Infamous 2 as one of the best superhero games of all time. Um, So my hopes going into this, I've said, uh, were a lot based around whether or not I feel like it can do for its world and its lore and its characters, the same justice that I feel like Batman Arkham City did in expanding the world and filling it with interesting content. Uh, And I haven't played enough to be able to judge that well yet. I am enjoying most of the side content um, that I have played, but I've really been going for the story besides picking up like the memory. I don't want to say much besides some crystals Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, some little chests to the side. I haven't been doing a whole lot of side content. So my hope is that it gives me that feeling, and I, that's really a great sense of word. Uh, so, Chris, where are you at on it? I mean, I know that you actually beat the game, so we're yep. in an inherently different spot. I finished it about 15 minutes before the podcast started. Um I'm mixed, not, it's hard. I think the game is like an easy 9, 9.5 out of 10. But there are some yeah. aspects on it that I'm a little mixed on. Um, I think if we do a spoiler conversation at some point, I can get more into it. What I'll say right now is I think the pacing of the story is really not great. And I'm not talking about missions where you're not playing as Peter Parker. Referencing okay. Spider-Man 2018. Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in that game that gets you that gets used very quickly. I would have liked to spend more time with certain things and yeah, see them I could play see that. out. So, <clears throat> but gameplay immaculate. Have you? Uh, there's a new swinging mechanic which I think is the coolest shit. Where if you're going fast enough and you swing and just hold it, you'll go in like a like a loop de loop and then shoot off. And I think it's so fucking cool. <laughs> Not there yet. That but is I my hope favorite. I'm getting close. It's it's one of the first swinging upgrades you can get. Um, so definitely get it because that like I'll go around the city just trying to do that. It just looks so sweet. So uh, yeah. All in all, it's an improvement over 2018. I think 2018's story is better, but in I was weird, curious. It's weird. I, I'm curious because I see where. Uh, first of all, I see where I think the story is going, and it, knowing that it can very well change, um, and I like where it's going. I think it's doing a great job of telling its story. Um, but I think kind of like 2018 God of War versus Ragnarok, 2018 God of War story is so much more personal that mm. I think it lands better for a lot of people. And 2018 Spider-Man story is very personal. It's got a lot of yeah. interpersonal drama. And this game has kind of got the Kingdom Hearts thing going where I love it. Yeah. I am having a blast with it. But my favorite Kingdom Hearts game is ultimately still the first one because it tells its story the most effectively. It's not mm-hmm. weighed down by anything else. And it's focused in on something. And one of the things that happens with sequels in general normally, right, is you got to go, okay, I got to make it bigger and I got to make it better. But making it bigger tends to pull away from some of the more personal aspects. And there is definitely some in here. I'm not trying to take away. And this is also my uh, 
for lack of anything more clear, I'm at the cathedral. Do with that information what you will. Uh, I don't know how far into the game I am. Hmm. I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, but if you know the cathedral that I'm talking about, then hopefully um, that gives you some kind of thing. So this is where I'm at right now. I see where this game's growing a lot. And it reminds me of Kingdom Hearts 3, where there's a lot of characters at play and a lot of story arcs that have got to build up and a lot of character progression that we got to have happen. And it's all good. And I'm all really loving it. But at the same time, <clears throat> it's it's grown so much because of what they're trying to do that it's a little harder to tell. Um, so, I, you know, I, I have my expectations for the game of what I hope to see. But right now it's meeting, exceeding expectations uh, yeah. gratefully. I've been really having a good time with it. And I think that they did a lot of good stuff with traversal mm-hmm. and utilizing the SSD to make the city more approachable with that traversal. Yeah, And I've been really, I mean, really impressed. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the thing that's interesting is it's it's a super impressive game. It's fantastic. It's really fun. I just I just think it's funny that for me, I remember asking last week, I'm like, why would you even need a Spider-Man game to be longer? And now, this week, on this week's episode of the podcast, I can say uh, expanding the story <laughs> probably would have been it. I would have liked this game if it had five more hours of cutscenes. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know what you do with those five hours, but yeah, I think... The thing is, they doubled the protagonists. They doubled the story they're telling, but they told it in the same amount of time. And I think that's where the problem comes in story-wise. But that's the thing. It's hard to criticize because I think the story is fantastic. My problem is I didn't get enough of how fantastic you it want was. more of the fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty re- that's a pretty good complaint. In all honesty, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't want to go too much further into what I wish I'd seen because then at that point I'm just spoiling it. But I could have used more time with certain characters. That's all it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about. I do want. I think a spoiler chat would be very apt for this game. It makes a lot of sense. So absolutely, uh, maybe we can find time to do that next week in lieu of a in lieu of a normal episode. Who knows? We'll figure yeah, it out. That would be cool. <clears throat> So, with that in mind, uh, moving on to the next one, we got Gamers Gamut. He says, I really like it so far. Somehow, they made Traversal even better. It feels great to be in Spider-Man's shoes. They do have you out of the Spidey suit a little more often than I thought they would, but the storytelling is pretty good, so I don't mind it too much. Uh, I noted that, too, but I haven't really minded it. It was just kind of like, oh, I didn't expect this. Uh, And I don't want to get into too much, but I think it's... I wouldn't call it spoiler at all to say that... uh, if you've read a single review, there are MJ sections in this game. Can I get my hottest to, take? Yeah, go ahead. Those MJ sections, the best stealth in the game. <laughs> Dude, I I was about to say, the MJ sections in this game, it's like they took all the complaints of the first game that like MJ's not useful enough. She doesn't have enough actual usability. And so mm-hmm. they set a seed in Miles Morales that they could pay off in this game and they make it, all of it make sense. And it works yeah. in the world. It works with the character. I was really surprised that the Far Cry level mechanics actually kind of check out. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, I, I am very impressed. And I've only done one of them so far. I yeah. don't know how many there are, but I am, am I think it's vastly improved over the oh, first it's... one. And I, I, I see its purpose from serving a pacing break and changing perspectives from the story perspective to help you see things in different lights and set up different perils and different, you know, it's, I, they're using it well. Yeah. I even think that the use case in this game <clears throat> makes more sense than the first game. Yeah. 
So I, I've been enjoying it. I'm very curious to see how it continues going. Uh, but let's see. We got a couple more here over on the Discord, which you can join by clicking the link down in the description below. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcast services, we've got Stingray X, one of our longtime listeners. He says, I'm about two hours in, and it already feels like a step up from its, excuse me, from its predecessor. And I'll agree because I don't want to say too much. But Chris... Mm-hmm. Brent. I think a really interesting conversation that this game will bring. We'll go much more in, in depth with it in the uh, spoiler chats. But in talking to my buddy about it, this game's opening hours, like the opening hour, really, um, oh. <laughs> it did something that I feel like PS4 game design moved away from in an effort to look at big as something more than scale and spectacle. Mm-hmm. The first hour of this game feels like the spectacle and wonder of Kratos fighting a Titan in God of War 3 and Cole fighting the Beast in Infamous 2 wrapped together and expanded and smushed and blown out. And it feels like you're playing a top-tier PS3 game design-wise in the best possible way. Because PS3, if you remember, every game on PS3 was about spectacle and size. It was like, you're going to see a thousand-foot Leviathan that you can shoot a rocket launcher at. And you're like, fuck yes. I want more. <laughs> and then Kratos can rip off the thumbnail of a, you know, of a giant Titan while you're fighting him. And you're like, fuck yes, I want more. And I feel like PS4 kind of missed that. I don't really, I can't think of a single PS4 game that was really about scale and spectacle of a single one-on-one encounter. Instead, it was about being a scale and spectacle world. Like, look how big The Witcher 3 yeah. is. I can you know, and that's one, not a problem. But it's not a PS4 game, so I don't think it counts. <laughs> It's but Shadow that, of the Colossus. <laughs> yes, it was a remake. <laughs> yeah. So to that end, I've been really enjoying seeing that come back because I kind of miss how bombastic gaming felt. Like gaming felt larger than life on PS3 because that's what they were focusing on. Like, mm-hmm. look at look what the hell you can do. And, you know, it's been cool seeing that come back around because like they did that with um, Final Fantasy 16, I feel like, really well. Definitely the Titan section where everything's so big and you're just like, wow, this is massive and it feels so crazy because everything is so obviously scoped and scaled up and yeah. it's cool. I'm, I was really happy with the opening of this game. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, we got a couple more. We got Rude Cold, one of our patrons and longtime listeners. He says, I'm about 10 hours in. Doesn't feel like I've done a lot of the main story, though, as I've been making sure I've done all the side stuff when they have unlocked, one of which got me teary-eyed. And then he spoiler barred it. I'm not going to look in case I haven't done it. He says, it's such a fun, addictive game, but I'm surprised by the amount of story-focused walking missions there has been so far. Hopefully, the action will ramp up more for the rest of the main story. Um I think it's safe to say it does, even from where I'm at. Um, but yes, the beginning definitely chooses to introduce its characters mm-hmm. in a very specific way. Um, but I think it did it better than some of PlayStation's most recent outings, actually, while still being slow. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll give Insomniac their credit. Golf clap. They did a good job. Um so we got one more here from Josh Ayers, another longtime listener, another patron. He says, got the plat and enjoyed it. It was well worth the time. So, Chris, how much more do you want to talk about Spider-Man 2? I'll kind of leave this in your area to figure out how you want to approach it and when you want to move off of it. Um, I mean, I guess I don't have a ton more to say. I Again, I have a ton to say, but not in this. Well, I platform. see the floor to you because you've beaten it. So you may yeah. have a you may have a little bit more insight while still being able to be spoiler free than someone like me. Oh, but. I mean, the best things that I can say is that it's worth your time. 
Here, I'll wrap it up in one sentence, right? It's worth your time. It's worth your money. If you're not super excited or super worried about spoilers, I would wait. That's how I feel about the game. That's interesting. I spent $300 on this game and felt every penny was worth it. But, you know, I was just talking to Sean today, who will play Baldur's Gate 3 with, and I told him, I'm like, you know, I loved it. But knowing him and knowing that he is not, like, I need to know what happens. I need to play Spider-Man 3, 2. It was just like, I like Spider-Man 1. I'm going to play Spider-Man 2. I texted him, I'm like, I would just wait. Wait for it to be 40 bucks. You know, it's not an insult to the game because it's a fantastic game. But it is, I'm pretty sure... You know, I left my I leave my PS4 5 running all the time, so I can't give you an exact estimation. But it would not surprise me if I mainlined that story and I was there in about eight hours at the end today. I think that's wow, how long really? it took me. Yeah. Cause the only time I played it was yesterday, taking sure. a three hour break to go out with my girlfriend, and then I finished it today before the podcast after work. Like it, yeah. I, I did and I mainlined the game. So I think that's the one word of caution I would put out there. If you're somebody with limited resources, if you can handle the risk of being spoiled, I would just I would say go ahead and wait. Um, but if you love Spider-Man or if this is, it's not a concern to spend the 70 bucks, absolutely day one buy. But I do think there's a little bit of wiggle room there for people who are more frugal with their gaming purchases. Yeah, I think in this day and age, it's a reasonable thing to say while also noting that uh, I, I I genuinely mean this. If the game uses its time well, mm-hmm, which it sounds like, you know, it sounds like it does. I never really care how long a game is. No. If you tell me one of the greatest stories I've ever seen in four hours and you ask me for $70 for that, but you do it at a top tier level. Mm-hmm. I am very willing I, that's yeah, you know, and I know that not everyone has that ability, and not everyone has that time, and all sorts of. Stuff. Well, I say time, but really, the time is the interesting thing, and this goes <clears> to show you how how time is viewed. Because I was talking to my wife; she's talking about you know she does hair for a living, and she was talking about trying to debate when to work weekends because she can get people in, but then that means she doesn't get weekends uh, alongside me, and it gets really kind of weird. So she's trying to do a better work home life balance. Just like I've been trying to do a little bit better balance between my hobbies and my passions and projects like this and being a little more involved from a dad standpoint, from a husband standpoint, from a friend standpoint. Um, and that's good, but you have to do that thing where I told her, I was like, your time is more valuable ultimately. So I was like, you need to determine how much of your time you're willing to give for how much money. But when you transport that into games, I feel like it's interesting I don't have a lot of time and it really goes to show you how people look at time. Some people want things to fill their time because I guess they feel like they have so much of it that they need something to really fill it. Whereas I'm kind of like, if you can charge me the same amount of money, but give me just as much bang for my buck in a shorter time period where I have an easier time experiencing this and then being able to move on from it. I enjoy that at this point in my life. It doesn't mean I want every game to be short, but and in modern day, most games are, are, I would say, are an average of 35 hours now. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's kind of long for an average of, you know, and I'm not, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. It's just, I kind of, 
I, I guess I appreciate the shit out of them for being like, yeah, fuck it. If what we had was eight to nine or 10 hours of really good Spider-Man story, that's what we're going to give you. Fucking cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> it's a tired phrase, right? But you can't take money with you. So exactly. Yeah. You should value your time and, you know, believe it or not, going out to dinner and having a burger with mac and cheese on it. First of all, that was fucking awesome. Dude, I saw it. I do that places. all the place. I've never the time. seen it. And it was just a burger with mac and cheese and bacon and then cheese sauce. And I was so like, look, oh, fuck. we didn't we didn't get to go while you were here. By the way, you need to come back down and oh, I yeah. need to come up to you when we I, I, I know all these things. Yes. yes but we didn't yes. get to go to Ironwood last time that you were here. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did. No, I don't Ironwood so. is my go to burger place. OK. And they have bomb ass mac and cheese they oh. make it in a cup and it's like panay noodles with this like queso sauce they have and then they put mm-hmm. mozzarella on top and then torch it mm-hmm. and it's so good and i order that as a side with my burger and i stack fries on top so my burger cooked medium bacon my, and i use swiss and provolone cheese okay and then i have an depending on how messy i'm willing to get usually an over hard fried egg because oh over easy is delicious but messy so anyway, you get your over hard fried egg and egg. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I do it messy. I'm willing. Boiled egg. Oh, yeah. And then uh, anyway, <laughs> then take some of the mac and cheese and spread it across. And then just a little bit of ketchup to have, help the cheese kind of bind together and act as kind of like a glue. And that's like my go-to burger. It's so good. Hell yeah, brother. I saw your face with the ketchup. I'm a ketchup fiend, Chris. The problem is mac and cheese does not go with ketchup. You know what else? Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. Hold on. We're going to have a a defining moment of the show. This is going to be like a Team Edward fucking team, (laughs) uh, whatever the fucking other dude's name is. (laughs) We're doing a poll. Jacob? Jacob, thank you. This is going to be one of those moments because if you're telling me that you don't think mac and cheese is... Let let me scale it back for a second. You got a plate. You've got some mac and cheese. You've got some kind of meat that's good with ketchup, and you're eating it, and you're going, and a little bit of ketchup touches your mac and cheese. You just don't eat that mac and cheese? That is a willful distortion of the words that just came out of my mouth. No, no. (laughs) I'm not saying that's what you said. I'm asking in that scenario, what do you do? Yeah, you eat the mac and cheese. Okay. I do too. And I'm like, that was cool. I like that surprise. Uh, Now, let me me gear towards you for a second because I'll give you this. Do I take ketchup and squirt it into mac and cheese? Never. Okay, well, that was what I was at. You made it sound like you said. But on the burger oh, God. where mac and cheese is on it with french fries on it and meat and all the stuff that I normally put ketchup on, I do put ketchup on it, and it's delicious. So I would just say that the time... Hold on, Chris. I- <laughs> I'm not done. God. Okay. <laughs> You've opened... A- this is the Team Jacob and... Uh, Team Edward moment. You ready? This is how the audience knows that neither of us is on a time limit this week. <laughs> Chris, listen to me. I'm, I'm hearing you. What are your thoughts on grilled cheese and ketchup? Um, I don't have the experience to say yes or no. Okay. As a concept, where do you land? I mean, it's just sweeter tomato soup, so it seems like it would probably be fine. We're on the same team, buddy. Okay. I I Hell love yeah. taking a grilled cheese and dipping it into ketchup and then eating it. My wife's like, why do you do that? And I said the exact same thing. Most people eat grilled cheese with tomato soup. 
this is basically just tomatoes with more sugar. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. And vinegar. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on there, but. Yeah, I mean, listen, eat what you want to eat as long as you don't put ketchup directly on your fries. That's the only thing that I. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I thought you were saying like on the burger I do, right? But like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't put it and then try to pick the fries off. That's terrible. Apparently, when um, you remember in 2016 when everyone's brain was rotted, um, I would make a joke with my parents that I thought anyone who put ketchup directly on the fries is a communist. And apparently, since that day, my dad has been saying that to customers. He goes, "Oh, my th- my son would think you're a communist," and he just fucks off. Ooh, <laughs> straw got me. That was girl. It almost got my 19 inches of venom. Oh, <laughs> I have 19 inches of venom back there too. Look at that! Look at that! Asio venom. Didn't <laughs> I'm not a wizard, right, Chris. I'll let you finish your original thought. Yeah, my original thought was the time spent with her was more worth playing that little bit more of Spider-Man. So you know, same kind of thing. I think you focus on focus on family. You know. Be be Dom Toretto when nobody else will be Toretto. It's all about me familia. Yeah. Be a Dom in a world full of what's. We got we got to come up Rocks. with a saying right now. <laughs> be a Dom in a world full of Dwayne's. <laughs> um, highly recommend Spider Man. I think it's weird. This is it's a game of the year candidate in any year except this one, and I don't even think it's top ten this year. It's, that's wild. But that's, see that if that I speaks to the you, game. But. That speaks to the year. It doesn't speak to Spider Man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of competition this year. Yeah, it's hard. There's to a lot of Baldur's Gate and Dead Space remake and Resident Evil Four and Lord of the Rings Gollum and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and, and Kong, King Kong Skull Island. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so many games that came out. Super Mario Wonder. Speaking of which, I am the greatest fantasy draft player of all time. The greatest, Chris? I feel like you're overselling it a bit. I I missed more games than you, but I have. Almost, I have almost every 90 that came out this year except one. (laughs) So I'm taking the dub on one, two, three, four, five, six 90s with the potential for one more. Because I picked Super Mario Wonder. I think I said it on the last show. I'm saying it again because I'm very proud of that. That 93 boy. Hey, (laughs) golf clap. I'm proud of you. My golf clap is very muted by these cheap ass Ketchum gloves, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Brett, let's continue. Let's continue. Um, so Chris has already kind of skirted on it. So let's just start the news with the fact that uh, a quick glance into the fact that in a year or really in a generation, right? PS4 generation became like the, we're trying to show you that licensed games can be better than the licensed trash that you're used to on the PS3 and PS2. And this year has been an unfortunate pull back into the questionable quality with games that are getting really tanked, very bad reviews. Nobody really suggesting that you should play them in games like Lord of the Rings Gollum. And more recently, Kong Skull Island or whatever the name of the game was that took 
a year. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of the goodwill that happened towards <laughs> licensed games is being pushed against, unfortunately. But there's been a flip side of this that's been interesting. A lot of it comes down to how long they were given to make the game. And one of the big things around the Kong game is that they were given just a year. And most of the, most of the articles I saw were that they were given just a year. And I thought it was so funny that there was a time in our lives where a year for a game was normal. And now you see a game come out and it doesn't do well and you go, oh, well, what went wrong? And they go, well, they only got to make it for a year. A year is a long time. Our expectations for games have just ballooned so much that nobody can make a reasonable game in a year because we all want too much. Well, I, <laughs> I don't think tech you're is more wrong. complicated. There's all sorts of things, right? The industry wants too much, and we've built the industry off the backs of they they taper or they cater rather to our what we respond to, and we respond to bigger tech bigger size scope games, more hours, higher fidelity graphics, good frame rates, all these things that are great and they're awesome. But at the same time, it means that it it gets that much harder to have a barrier of entry into games. It's like at this point, it feels like your barrier of entry is like a retro style game if you want to make games. And that's the only way you can do it in a reasonable scale. And then what's funny is, one of the most anticipated games that is in many ways a retro style game is fucking Hollow Knight 2 and it's been in development for 6 years. Silk Song? <laughs> um yeah, I mean Silk Song's brutal. I I don't there's I dis I agree with you. Yeah. But I think using I mean what I said Skull is objectively Island, true. It is, but I don't think Kong's Rise, what whatever the fuck that dumbass game is called. You know, I don't think using that game as an example of, you know, teams can't make games in a year is, is a great example. Just because I think, I think that game is just bad, and I think with oh very three years of yeah. dev time, it would just be bad. So you know, I don't think it's really a. A barometer to weigh that on? Certainly not. Yeah, certainly not. And um, I and I'll it, just to throw that out. I wasn't intending for it to be. I just thought it was funny that now it's like just a year because how long we expect games to make has ballooned. Uh, games to be made has ballooned out so much. Well, yeah, I that mean, if someone goes, we only had a year to make it. You, it, that's like saying you you only gave her a day to be pregnant. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of just the way the games are going, right? Like. Yeah, unfortunately. Rockstar has released GTA 5 on what four consoles at this point. Mm-hmm. But they haven't Thankfully even... they at least put out Red Dead. Yeah. But you know, they also made GTA 3, Vice City, San Andreas, Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories, Chinatown Wars within what like 6 years. So like yeah. the gaming industry has just changed so much and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to harp on it, but I feel like the uh distinct like anger at people working more than a tight 40 is what is part of what's causing that too you know so so we have a really interesting question that i feel like falls online with this and it comes from one of our patrons um ob raj 88 he says will we ever see a run like we are with insomniac right now again spider-man 
Miles Morales, Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank Rift Apart, and Spider-Man 2. Straight bangers. I'm not even remotely close to a trophy hunter, and I've platinum Miles and Rift Apart, and likely will platinum Spider-Man 2. I cannot put their games down. The reason I think that this is kind of akin to this is Insomniac are an outlier in the industry right now. They're one of the only dev studios of their size that has put out games as frequently as they have and to as high a quality as they have consistently. And it's really interesting to see because of all the studios out there working, hardly any of them can say that they've put out four games in five years. Yeah. And they have. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, I don't know. Probably not. But then again, you know, yeah, I mean, no, probably not. But but it'll probably be Insomniac who does it, you know. I want to yeah, give them some I, time to see because they're a very large team and mm-hmm. they were all working on different things. And so, you know... Not to discredit them, but you know, when you have three teams all making a different game, it's not hard to continue shooting out, you know, shooting out games. That's not that, sure. you know, that doesn't take anything away from them, but you well, know, yeah, I because think, we can also say, do you know how big fucking Rockstar is and how many studios and teams Rockstar has, and mm-hmm. they still put out one game a generation now? Well, that's a misnomer. I actually do not agree with you. Well, Ro- clearly that put was. Out, Multiple games this generation. Clearly, Rockstar on. North has only put Cle- out one game. Clearly, I'm being a slightly exaggeratory. Oh. I understand that. But listen, realistically speaking, what has Rockstar put out throughout the PS4 gen besides Red Dead 2? PS4? I don't mean 2K. I don't mean 2K. I mean... I know what you mean. Yeah. PS4, you're probably right. Yeah, it's probably GTA. But GTA Online is a game in and of itself. Red Dead oh, is a PS4 I game. Well, I was say, Red Dead is the game they put out that gen. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, good point. I, and I, it I, looks... In my head, GTA to be, 5 came out that gen. <laughs> I don't know. And it, and it came out so close to the end of the gen that I can see why you'd view it that way. Yeah. But still, they're... they're okay, let me say this one. They put out one game in a number of years that normally equates to a usual console cycle. Sure. Yeah, I just think, and it looks like we're we're poised to have that again with GTA Six. That's probably yeah. going to be their game of this generation. But I mean, again, it's Rockstar we're three years North. in already. We're ha- we're almost halfway through a gen, an oh, average. Don't gen. say that. I don't want to hear that shit. Um, <laughs> I think the thing with Rockstar is like we got we got the GTA trilogy, Red Dead Remaster. GTA sure. 5 ported. GTA all of those Online were, is still getting updated. All of those were handled outside of their own in-house development teams. But you're talking, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're talking, you, so you're you're focusing in on Rockstar North, which is one no, of no, their no, teams. No, no, no. I'm talking about Rockstar's teams. Rockstar leads didn't push shit out. You know, you, we know the answer though, right? Every one of Rockstar's teams supports the one game. Yeah, oh yeah. Red Dead 2 was made by Rockstar North, supported entirely by every other Rockstar studio they had, besides the ones that keep working on Grand Theft Auto in perpetuity. Yeah. And I think that's a and that's that's a But it goes to show that number of teams does not mean number of games. 
Insomniac's still an outlier in the fact that they're one of the only studios at that. If I'm being objective and really being honest, one of the other studios that comes to mind is one that got bought, and that was Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital puts out a lot of games because they have a lot of teams making multiple projects at a time. And so you typically have one to two studio, uh, Sumo Digital games a year. Look, I we're getting into territory that I don't want to get into because I don't want to compare teams. But there's not a single inside. I I say this with all the love in the world for Insomniac. There's not a single Insomniac game that can touch Red Dead, that can touch GTA Five, in terms of sheer scale, in terms of sheer size, in terms of flexibility, in terms of the GTA Online. None of Insomniac's games do that. Insomniac, I would argue, is closer to what G- Rockstar was in the PS2 era. And we're seeing that smaller, tight games that are coming out at a rapid pace. That is not a bad thing. But I don't yeah, think I you can put Red, you know, Rockstar and Red Dead up against Insomniac. I don't think, and Spider-Man 2, I don't think that's fair to Insomniac. Well, no, I agree there, but also Insomniac has less teams than Rockstar does as a whole, and Rockstar still puts out less. I'm not saying that to be compared in terms other than that they're both examples of a studio with a, with a consistent name and multiple teams within those studios where the output is drastically different. And you just clearly gave why, but right. it goes to show that Insomniac is such an outlier in the industry because this is uncommon in the industry. And I think PlayStation kind of knew that, and I think PlayStation saw how much they could benefit from Insomniac saying because it plays into PlayStation's type of games really well. Mm-hmm. And so I think Insomniac was a super for a number of reasons outside of that was a super easy purchase. But Insomniac is the only studio that was known for working closely with Sony, even before being bought uh, and even after being bought that has continued the pace that they once carried. Every other studio has slowed down dramatically. Sucker Punch used to put out a game every two years. We are now going on year three since they put out their last game and we haven't even heard of their next game. Yeah. And I think that's a, problem with playstation as a whole less sure. yeah about the teams. naughty dog used to put out a game every two years when's the last naughty dog game that you they put out um <laughs> it was the last of us remastered and then the last of us remastered <laughs> yeah so that and naughty dog does have a little bit of a of a window because of the remake it kind of helps even though the story of development around seems like they got a lot of the development and then just pushed it over the finish line kind of confusing Sounds but like i'll it. give them you know i'll give more that but naughty dog used to put out way more brand new titles than they do these days and there yeah. we if you really want to look at it that way insomniacs put out five games in five years because spider-man remastered if we're going to count you know that kind of stuff that's a fifth game <laughs> I, I would count it it is a new and it was game. a lot of work yeah yeah so absolutely. they are definitely an outlier so to your question i don't think that you're going to see this in the triple a level from anyone other than insomniac right now i don't see it happening anywhere else um I don't see Xbox really doing anything to lean toward this. Um, thinking of studios that uh, that even Microsoft has, a lot of the studios that might be able to do this type of work don't make these type of games. I think Obsidian have a really quick turnaround for the type of games that they make, mm-hmm. but the type of games they make are not known for short dev times. No. So they're short on that side. You know, they can make a game like Outer Wilds in three, four years Worlds. when it takes Bethesda, Outer Worlds, thank you, uh, in three or four years when it takes Bethesda six or seven years to make a similar scaled game. Or 25. <laughs> 
True. And of course, we mean from conception to finish. You know, we also we talk about development. Development is such a weird thing because games go into full production like two years before they're supposed to come out or a year and a half sometimes, depending on the game. Uh, like Starfield has been being made for forever, but it wasn't in full production until like the last two years of its development. Yeah. Because that's just kind of how games are. It's weird. So good question. But man, I really feel like Insomniac lately have been getting a lot of love that they were overdue on i know we give a lot of it but i feel like even general audiences are starting to be like damn insomniac has got something going for him which is interesting to see and i'm curious how that goodwill will leverage them into being able to have more or less control over their destiny we were kind of actually talking in the discord before the episode started about what insomniac could or could not do and how much control over their destiny do they or do they not have and chris um I get where you're coming from. Do you want to kind of lay out your version of that argument? Yeah, my version of the argument is that unless Sony is truly for the developers choosing what they want and eschewing profits, um, Insomniac is a marble factory. (laughs) And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. But I don't know the sales numbers for Ratchet off the top of my head. I don't know if you want to look that up quick. But not super high. Spider Man one and two, thirty three million. Spider Man two, two point five million in one day. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's that would that's insane. That would be like mm-hmm. me going, you know what? I run a burger place. We sell a thousand burgers a day. But you know what I'm going to do today? Fuck burgers. We're doing salads. Like someone's going to like the salad, but you you make your money on burgers. That's what I'm saying, right? Like I'm sure they'll throw in the token ratchet game, but I don't, th- I don't think you're going to get n- quote unquote new IP from insomniac. Spider-Man 2018 is a new IP. It's insomniac Spider-Man. This Wolverine new IP insomniac Wolverine. It's going to be the same kind of shit. And that's the thing. Like, I, I don't see why it would be such a bad thing to, hey, hey, this Insomniac multiplayer game, that's an X-Men game. You know, you st- it's still varied gameplay. You know, that's always the argument I have when I, when I hear people talk about this. They're like, oh, I don't want to see more Marvel games. I'm like, well, Spider-Man and Moon Knight are not going to play the same way. <laughs> Just like a Ghost Rider game is not going to be the same as a Runaways game or an X-Men game. You know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me, like if if we found out that the guys who did Doki Doki Literature Club are doing an X Men game set in Xavier's school. Like, okay, you know what I mean? That is a totally feasible idea for the game. I just think that we hear Marvel and we hear superhero, and you think you're getting the same shit over and over again. But I don't think that is the case. There's an argument that you could make an Agents of Shield game set in this universe with what happens in Spider-Man two. And you basically have a resistance game. Like you could do a ton of stuff there. There's tons of opportunity to, to tell stories in the universe. So I don't see it as a bad thing, but the argument is again, Sony makes money on these games and there is no sure. logical reason to not make more unless again insomniac doesn't want to and at that point if the next game announced from insomniac is not marvel then i'm like okay sony really does you know 
Xbox is power to the players or whatever, and and Sony is power to the developers. That's great. That's a good thing. But I yeah. just truly don't believe a corporation is going to go, yo, you guys want to make a game that's not going to sell 2.5 million units in a day? I don't know. I don't think that happens. So... So to add just a little bit of context, uh, the last time they updated Rift Apart sales numbers, it was 1.1 million units in July of 21. Right. So they've not talked about it again since, which I think gives you a fairly clear indication that there's been no real strong reason to talk about it. Now, here's the more interesting thing. That's pretty well in line with almost every Ratchet game. Yeah. Uh, the last Ratchet game that I think was even enjoyed a 90s Metacritic score. Actually, I think the last Insomniac game that enjoyed a 90s Metacritic score was Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal on PS2. <laughs> uh, so Spider-Man 2 is in really interesting hollowed ground for them because Insomniac has a long history of being just below the 90s from a review mm-hmm. standpoint and just below breaking crazy through on sales up until Spider-Man. So... I guess my part of it is like Spider-Man and then Miles Morales already proved to Sony that them making Marvel products is an easy way for them to make money. And why would they spend time on anything else development wise? And yet Rift Apart was still greenlit. And I, they were working on Ratchet 2016 mm-hmm. and Spider-Man at the same time to a degree. And I think that this is the reason Insomniac gets this kind of control. And I don't know that you're going to see it from other people. Since most of Sony's other teams are still not three teams, I think Sony goes, look, as long as you have one team at a time working on a big multiple million dollar game with a budget that goes alongside with that, if you want to make a side game with a decent budget that will sell one to two million, we're down. And I think it's smart because Insomniac can use that to their advantage. Insomniac can go, look, you have been working on these superhero games for a bit. You may be feeling burned out. Let's get you switched over into our B team and let's have you working on this smaller game. And then I think that they'll have less burnout and a lot of things that are in relation to crazy dev times because you can go, you need a break. You do need a break from this type of game. Let's throw you over here. And that even works with Wolverine, right? If you're tired of Spider-Man, like, hey, you know, we know you've been dealing with huge open worlds and swinging through the cities and you want to change the pace. Let's get you over on Wolverine. Wolverine's going to be different. We don't know how, but Wolverine's going to be different. Like you said, the gameplay mm-hmm. opportunities are limitless almost as long as you're willing to put budget into them so you know they're not truly limitless because you want to put budget into something that has a higher chance of making its money back (laughs) but as long as you budget accordingly you can make almost anything right that's kind of the thing like you can make that x-men doki doki game as long as you budget accordingly (laughs) sounds great Uh, i I mean actually down but marvel's midnight suns didn't do too hot (laughs) Fucking game of I the know, year last year. Unfortunately. Fantastic. So listen, I'm with you, but I, I think that the ratchet of it all already being in there shows that Sony's willing to be like, yeah, we'll let you make other things. And you are a big developer for us and people love those games. So it'll sell enough to cover itself. It's PR win. And then we get the big game from you. Well, let me ask so you I think Sony's question. like one big game every five years and we're we're happy. You know? Yeah. That's too long. Um I mean, I agree, wh- but that's also what every other studio from them is doing. That's just like there are actively places they could go with this where Yuri Lowenthal would not be alive if if the dev cycle is five years. You know, it's not it's hey, not feasible. Spider Man's also answered the question in another way. How do you how do you fill in the gaps between Spider Man games? You make sm- small side games reusing assets. Yeah, it's dude. I mean, Miles Morales doesn't get enough credit for how genius it is. 
Mm-hmm. Though to throw it out, Infamous First Light was that. Infamous First Light is the Miles Morales of Infamous's series. Mm -hmm. And Insomniac was just smart enough to be like, that's actually pretty smart. Reuse most of the assets. You, of course, have to develop out the secondary powers of this new character you're choosing to focus on. But that's so much less than making a new city and a new 10 to 12-hour storyline. If you can make a four to six-hour storyline and charge less for it, and it comes out two years later, and then two years later you get another game, then suddenly you're getting the two-year sequel cycle you used to always get. It's just every other game is smaller, tighter, more compact, and that's reusing perfect. assets. And I think the smart. other thing about Miles Morales that's really smart is, you know what they also needed to develop for Spider-Man 2? Miles' powers. <laughs> so, hey, we've done it already, you know? Um, well... Sony has a long history of that too, because like Gorilla, mm -hmm. uh, the whole reason that Shadowfall got made is because they felt like they needed to make a game using the tool sets for PlayStation 4 while they were trying to work out how Horizon worked. So the whole reason that game even got made was less because they felt a real strong need to make another kill zone and more that they were like, this is a really simple way for us to use PS4 and develop on its tool sets and learn from it so we can put that to our next game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Bam. the same story with uh, Last of Us Remastered, the first one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they only did it mm -hmm. to practice. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I The only question I had for you, which is, again, it's unknowable, but do you think devs... Like, yes, burnout does exist and it's real, but do you think devs, and I guess strictly from a CV standpoint, are going to want to be like, yeah, I'll go work on the B game. Because well, I don't. Because if you look at if if I looked at someone's CV, you know, me personally, and I saw Spider-Man 2, and then I looked at someone else's and I saw Ratchet and Clank, I'm probably taking the guy from Spider-Man 2. So I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like, you know, in baseball, someone could be better as a relief pitcher, but they make more money as a starting pitcher. So they're going to try their ass off to be a starter rather than a reliever, even if that's the best course, place for them. Of course. So I wonder if it's the same here where it's like, no, I want to make Spider-Man 3 right now because that's better for me. And I'm going to give you five years of my life. You're not putting me on Miles Morales 2. As, again, that's a bad example because it has Spider-Man in the title. It doesn't matter. But you're not putting me on <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. You know, yeah. and like, it's not an insult to Ratchet and Clank. I know people like those games. It didn't connect with me. That's fine. But I do think there's a level of like, even for me in my job, right? Like, like it's interesting. There's a little inside baseball in the restaurant industry, right? For us, as if I see McDonald's manager on your resume, you're immediately hired, right? But McDonald's as just a place is not the best. You know, you're not looking the same as if you're like, oh, I worked at Gordon Ramsay's. That's obvious. But, you know, you're not looking at the same stuff. And you're not looking at the same qualifications, you know. So mm -hmm. I wonder if it's the same here where it's like, yeah, I would really like to get off Spider-Man. I've been doing swinging tech for 15 years. But at the same time, if I have Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 on my resume, that's a lot more impressive than Spider-Man 1. I was, you know, uh, assistant tree designer. And then I was a gameplay lead on Ratchet & Clank. And then I was a gameplay lead on, on you know, Sunset Overdrive Remake. You know, all of those things, I don't think, I don't think people, I think a lot of people are willing to sacrifice their time at work for more money down the line. So I, I even wonder if that's an issue you're really going to see, you know, does, does that make sense? I know that was a kind of a long diatribe, but. 
Yeah, I, I get where you're going with it. Yeah. yeah. And the ultimate answer is every person differs. And mm-hmm. I mainly used it as an example for it's an option that Insomniac and Sony have to leverage within their studio for people that they worried that they want to retain for a future project. Like maybe they're like, well, man, you know what? We, we're working on Wolverine, but we just got done with Spider-Man 2. It's going to be a while before Wolverine's out. Uh, we have this other game we're working on. And by the time we're done with Wolverine and get that out, this game will be kind of getting close to the end. And then we can get this developer back on this new idea that we had for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of industries, you see it in healthcare, you know, I do, I do sales. So I see a lot of, uh, a lot of healthcare. Um, has the issue of maintaining talent and keeping talent at their place and how important that is, both from a nursing standpoint, from a doctor's standpoint, everything in between. And I think you see that in every industry, including games. And so you start having this thing of like, okay, what can we do as an internal thing to try and hold on to talent to give them options for them to leverage? And the ultimate thing is you let the developer choose their own fate, right? You get to go, listen, if you want a chance to take a break and do something creatively different and with less stress, here's a game over here. We can move you over there. You'll have all your benefits and everything. You're still working here. You get all the tenure that comes from working here forever and the respect that it commands. And then we'll move you back over here under this big thing. And it's just a way for you to help alleviate stressors from some developers. Other developers thrive in the chaos. It's the nature of how things go. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, some developers will purposely be like, no, we're putting all costs into the wind to make... And some of it's because of career moves and some of it's just because... People act, like to think that this doesn't exist, but in all industries, in all forms of entertainment, at all levels of entertainment, from startups that don't really make money to the people that make the biggest money, there are just people who will give their all to make something that they're proud of. Point blank. That's it. They don't have to get paid more. They're not, even if they are getting paid more, that wasn't their motivation. There are people that just want to make cool shit and will take, do everything it takes to at the end of it go, shit. I know that was a lot of hard work and a lot of personal sacrifice, but look how fucking cool that was. Yeah. I completely It is the reality. And entertainment would be so much worse if those people are not allowed to flourish the way that they want to. And that's why I don't like the idea of making it impossible for, to, for someone to work overtime. If someone wants to sit at their desk for 12 hours, fucking let them, mm-hmm. but just don't make them. That's all. Right. That's, that's it. Exactly. The answer to overworking people in the industry is not to tell the people who want to go that extra mile that they can't. And people go, well, that's going to make other people feel like the pressure that they have to do it. Well, then, communicate clearly tell people if someone else stays but that does not mean that we expect you to have to stay we understand that you have a work life and a home life and yet you want to be part of it maybe they don't maybe they have less maybe this they view this more importantly and i just you know that's how most of the great art is made great arts made at personal sacrifice yeah i mean it's one of those things where i do see the argument you know oh well i feel the pressure to stay because he's staying but it's one of those things you know i get it too Anytime, anytime you make your manager happy, that's objectively better for you than somebody else. Like, that's just the way it is. You know, mm-hmm. if you pick every time I call you and I'm like, hey, I need someone to work. So and so called out and you come in every time I'm going to notice that's a personal sacrifice. But that does ingratiate you with your bosses. It just depends on how much you want that. And you don't yeah. need to want that. And you don't have to. Yeah. I, dude, I am. I. It's very clear with my while I'm at work, to an almost bad degree, I help and do whatever they need, and it will. 
it'll make me stressed and all sorts of stuff. But I am very clear with them. Mm-hmm. When I'm off, you will not hear from me. Yep. You will not talk to me. I am not at work. I have a family. I have a wife. I have friends. I have kid. I am not at work. And that's why people are all the time like, my company will pay for your phone. Mm-hmm. But I have a second phone and I carry two phones while I'm working. And people are like, why do you have a second phone? When I get off, guess what doesn't happen to that work phone? I don't touch that bitch. It is there. You can call it all day long. I don't give a shit. I'm not answering it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. and that's fine. And I'm choosing to do that. I, I personal sacrifice during the work day. I make my work day harder where I have to cram more into it to be of value to my company. Whether or not they recognize it or not, who the fuck knows. But the point being is I'm making that choice partially because of who I am and partially because I do want the notice that comes with that. But I'm very clear afterwards, and some people are going to be that, and some people aren't. There are people that mm-hmm. gladly answer the phone from home and just want to do the extra work. I don't begrudge my coworkers who answer the phone calls from their customers at home. That's their prerogative. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. You know, I had it recently where there's some stuff that I have to take care of, and I'm not getting time. And someone said to me, you know, they were like, uh, "Well, why don't you just, you know, come in and do it?" And I was like, "Because I don't work for free." My check says 40 hours and you expect me to be here 50. I'm not going to be here 55. So Yeah. Well, the difference is is that that's one of those salary versus hourly arguments that people don't get. I'm salary too. Yeah. And I'm like they pay me for 40 hours. Right. And I'm and actually they pay me for more. I'm not working outside of the hours I agreed upon when I started the job. Mm-hmm. And the hours I agreed upon when I started the job was 7 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Yeah. With an hour lunch. I'll work whenever you want. But it's five zero. That's it. Oh, somebody <laughs> called out. Okay, so you giving me tomorrow off? No, going home. Bye. And then you know that's the benefit of every career. Well, I guess I shouldn't say every career. You know, but a lot of careers, games especially. I don't know about you, but I know that if I need to, I can find something else. So that's the way I see it. Like I want to do the best job I can. I want to move up in any company I work for. But there's always someone hiring, especially in my industry. You know how I know? Because I'm fucking hiring. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right, let's get moving that, on to the news. I know we've stayed here for bed. Do you have something else you want to say? It's it's not about video games or a PlayStation podcast. We can just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, Media Molecule, the developer behind Little Big Planet and Tearaway, has seen layoffs of about 15 to 20% of its workforce. Sports Illustrated GLHF reported the news. The studio held an internal meeting in which it announced the decision internally. It's not the only studio hit with layoffs either, as the Visual Arts Group was also hit. Uh, this also comes right around the same time as David Jaffe made people pay to discover that Connie Booth was also leaving Sony. Connie, when she isn't being used to swindle money from followers, was an essential cog in the PlayStation machine where she helped produce over 100 titles, starting with the original Crash Bandicoot. The news hasn't been commented on by any official channels, but has actually been confirmed by real news sources. It's unknown whether she left on her own accord or was fired, but it is a big shakeup, specifically all within Sony right now. Mm-hmm. But the tech industry across the board has been seeing layoffs that we saw sweep through with uh, Meta and the problems they were having uh, all throughout their year. We saw that continue to sweep across to things like Microsoft, and now we're seeing it finally getting to the entertainment tech part where we're seeing games people take hits. It's not that it's surprising. It really sucks, but it kind of felt like, yeah, this was always coming. 
Uh, it really sucks to see Media Molecule get hit with this whenever that you already deal with the fact that Dreams was not the runaway success they wanted it to be. It wasn't the runaway success that PlayStation wanted it to be. It was an interesting, creative game, and I'm glad it got made. Uh, as well as all of their games, I love them. So this sucks. But Media Molecule is ultimately a very small section of Sony. My real hope here is that Sony at least sees the value in keeping them around in some capacity and letting them work in some capacity. I would really only genuinely be incredibly disappointed if Sony shuttered the studio, which is a very real possibility, and I understand that. I don't think it's a possibility. It's All things are a possibility. That studio's got, what is it, BAFTAs and... Yeah, it does. What is it? Shannon is Shannon Studd still the person I'm thinking of? No, uh, Shabon Reddy. There you go. She won. That's that. That studio can do whatever they want. They're protected just by that. But you know, the interesting wrinkle here um, is a random Twitter user. I don't know. Have you seen uh, Mr. Alex Smith's tweets recently? I guess not. This is a man who has absolutely no internet cachet, but has apparently worked at Bend, Deviation, and Ember Lab. And why I find this interesting is because on October 23rd, which is yesterday, he was talking about how there's going to be a bunch of layoffs in PlayStation because they're getting ready for an acquisition. Today... Who is this? Who is this guy's name? Alex, it's... If you're, if you're curious, it's at Alex S-M-I-T... K. Now, I want to be clear. This man has 500 followers, which doesn't mean you can't have information, but I don't know who the hell he is. All I'm saying is he was a day early on the layoffs. And what I find interesting is on October 14th, he floated that Sony is about to buy Bandai Namco. Now, on the last episode, we did say this guy probably has no inside information and leak and acquisitions do not leak. But I do find it interesting that yesterday he was like, yeah, Sony's about to lay off a bunch of people because they're getting ready to make an acquisition. And then today Sony laid off a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. And that really is true. When you acquire, you try to trim the fat absolutely around it to help you in your end. You know, we saw this even outside of acquisitions, right? At times where money matters, you'll see very interesting moves. We used to see uh, people probably don't remember this well because they didn't have a lot of it during the PS4 era. It was there during the beginning of it. But when Sony was still coming back up from Mm -hmm. a lot of hard times with both the PlayStation 3 itself, as well as a lot of problems within Sony, um, there was year after year after year where they were just selling off businesses. Like one year they were like, we sold Vio. We don't yeah. own Vio anymore. And then they're like, we sold off Sony Ericsson. We don't, <laughs> that's not us anymore. It doesn't exist. And then they started selling off smaller things and, and divesting from certain things. And that's what a company does to survive. And that's what Sony did. But it's also what a company does when it's trying to make room to get capital in order to move forward with something they want to do because business is so shareholder driven that you have to make your company look as good as possible (laughs) in order to convince people to be like, yeah, we're going to approve a shitload of money to go towards this thing. Um, It's, it's really strange. Uh, And I think it's one of those interesting things where a lot of the times the board members aren't really actually privy to what people in the industry enjoy. They're just privy to the money. That's it. And that's what they want to see. They don't think about whether or not the move actually impacts any of the players or anything, even if it would impact them in a way that would cause costs to you know 
to be an issue where it's like, oh, this actually could negatively impact us financially. They don't know that as well as some people. So companies do whatever they can to try and make those people definitely a company that's becoming more and more corporate like PlayStation has and Sony has. It's interesting to see. So yeah, who knows? Take that with a grain of salt. But I mean, it's interesting to see that someone called it nonetheless. Yeah, I don't know. What I find interesting is that he also says that Sony was originally going to be the ones to buy Activision Blizzard. I just don't see how that's possible. I'm being dead honest with you. Neither do I. But I almost wonder if they were so they were in such dire straits. You know, that I think it's completely acknowledged that Microsoft overpaid by a lot for them. So you almost wonder like what the price really was. But yeah. what do you think of this, of Bandai Namco and Sony? That doesn't seem like a great fit for me. I can't think of anything they have. The I only see... reason I see <sighs> one ahead. reason to do this and one reason only. And that's because you're also acquiring from, from software, software, which means you want the Dark Souls licenses. Because I, and I don't try, I'm not trying to say this to insult Bandai Namco. I don't know. But what else do they have? I can't think of any studios that I would be excited about. I can't think of any games other than well, Dark Souls you'll be I would be excited, excited about. But not at, the, not at the scale that you'd be looking at for an acquisition from a major player. Yeah, I mean, if they paid, like, let's say this is $20 billion, like, you couldn't have spent 30 well, and gotten 10 uh, Well, a good example, right? If, um, oh, shoot, what, is that? what is that company that was going around buying everyone for a while? I'm brain dead right now. A Japanese Embracer company. Group. Or a Chinese company, rather. Uh, Tencent. No. Tencent. Tencent buying Bandai Namco? Total sense. Because all they're doing is acquiring a bunch of things that make money. Bandai Namco is profitable. It's the reason they stay around. So someone buying them makes sense, but only someone buying them that wants to leverage that and keep it going. PlayStation buying that doesn't immediately benefit PlayStation unless we're starting to see the seeds of people going, platforms or are, are physical hardware is going to become... Um, It'll st- I have a feeling physical art- hardware will always stay around, but it will become the lesser used thing if all of the industry works out the way that they want. And as actual physical platforms go away, digital platforms matter. And one of the ways that you can continue to make really great money is to just buy things that are already profitable and let them keep working in their way while trying to grow them as much as you can within reason. So you could say that Sony buying someone like Bandai Namco would be sensible to get the big games in the way of FromSoft and then every other game, all the anime games and whatnot, Sony already owns Crunchyroll. Yeah, that was actually get kind of Naruto, where I was Get the Naruto, get the Dragon Ball. Is I'm looking at the games that they have and the franchises and it would actually make a ton of sense for Sony. Sony owns Evo, Bandai Namco owns Tekken and Soul Calibur, Sony owns Crunchyroll, Dragon Ball. There's other stuff on here. I don't watch anime. Um, you know, but yeah, you're, you'd be supporting your other businesses. Directly. Right, exactly. It's kind of one yeah. of those things where it's like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. I mean, One Piece, you know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense from a, okay, what are the games that PlayStation is getting out of this benefit? No, it's Sony as a whole and all of their sub things benefiting from that purchase. <laughs> and listen, I, I could see it, but yeah, it's not the most obvious. But that also that might make it more likely in all honesty. Yeah. And I was reading some of their financials. They make more money than Activision, than EA. So honestly, in terms of a pure profit move, it does make a ton of sense. The exactly. most interesting thing is is this. The thing is also, they don't own most of their IP. 
that's what makes Bandai kind of risky. Now they have a lot of licensed agreements with people yeah. who do own the IP and that those would likely still carry. Very high chance. There's a good relationship there. But Bandai Namco does not actually own very many IP on their own. No, they don't. It's like a list of like 20. But they do yeah. own the Dark Souls IP, but they don't own the they Elden do. Ring IP. They don't. You know. but They're still me, happy to produce that shit. You know it. <laughs> hell fucking yeah. The most interesting one is something we've talked about here. Because PSVR needs support. Bandai mm-hmm. Namco owns Time Crisis. <laughs> And they also, if I'm not mistaken, own Ace Combat, do they not? They do own Ace Combat. Yeah. It, so this is one of those things where it wouldn't be exciting, but it does make sense. Yeah. Well, honestly, because Xbox has been doing such big, crazy moves, Yeah. in all honesty, I think the acquisitions that are less exciting tend to go better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and they tend to honestly be a re- more reasonable fit at a more reasonable dollar amount. Yeah. In all honesty, I like we said, Xbox overpaid for Activision, and that's been noted everywhere. Xbox can, or Microsoft can do that, so it doesn't really matter uh, to them. But it matters for everyone else who is looking at them. Like, yeah, there's no way Sony would have ever ponied up that much money. And even though they vastly overpaid, let's be honest, cut twenty million off or cut twenty billion off of that. Sony's still not going to buy Activision at forty billion. I can almost guarantee it. They can't. It's too big of a purchase for not enough immediate return for a company of Sony size because it, it would be so much risk for them to do that. It would be so risky if it were to fall through. Cause think about it. Activision had a deal where if the, if the deal didn't close, Activision got like a billion dollars mm-hmm. for nothing, just for being um, like, you wasted our time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just and to clarify, like most companies can't risk that. No, they can't. And to clarify my comments, Sony was not trying to buy, According to this guy, Sony was not trying to buy Activision, but they originally intended to accept the agreement and not fight it. But then um, Microsoft didn't want to give Sony 30% of in-game items anymore. So they were like, no, we're buying Bungie and we're fighting this tooth and nail. So according to this guy, again, this guy, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Could be talking out of his ass. Yeah. He could be talking out of that polyp. He definitely could. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see all how all of this plays out, both from things leaving, both from acquisitions and all these things. Um, I mean, realistically, you hope the rest of the games industry doesn't get hit because it's it's weird to see layoffs at the same time as we heard years of com- of studios being like we can't we can't keep people and we're needing to hire people, and then at the same time you're hearing yeah we just let go of a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Right. So and that happens in a lot of industries. It's not really the most surprising thing. Um, I think the last thing we have to talk about here, and then we're going to go ahead and move into the sexiest part of the show, uh, and a question before that. But we have uh, Spider-Man 2 has been a massive success already for Sony, uh, now being the fastest-selling PlayStation Studios title ever, selling a a staggering 2.5 million copies in its first 24 hours alone as a PS5 exclusive, mind you. Three years in... Not five years in, n- not PS4, PS5. That's impressive. Be dead honest with you. That's pre- it shows you the power of Spider-Man as a, as a standalone IP and the power of Insomniac's take on Spider-Man. It's yeah. pretty impressive. It is. And to Chris's argument, 
this is the kind of thing that could make you someone go if if it stays at this kind of pace. Because like you said, Miles Morales and the original Spider-Man combined selling 33 millions. Kind of insane. It's nuts. So if this game even adds half of that value back up to it and we have a three-game franchise that's at 45 million, that's pretty monstrous. You don't get that very often. If it does mm-hmm. better... And we get a three-game franchise that's at 60, billion, uh, 60 million users or players or whatever purchases. That's even crazier. Um, so let's see how this goes. Uh, I'm glad to see good reviews, fast selling. I think everything's kind of working in Insomniac's favor. It's a good year for them. Definitely. Sony has a... It's a great year for Sony to be like, smart purchase. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> the purchase is just new enough still that you can be like... Yeah, smart purchase. Like they've gotten their smart purchase out of Naughty Dog more times over than they needed to count. They still want it, of course, but you know it'd be interesting to see what if by the by this time next generation. I must. I'm not even saying it's going to happen, but it would be very interesting to see if by this time next generation, Insomniac is thought of in the same light that Naughty Dog was throughout PS3 and PS4. I mean, they should be already, no. I think that they should be at least on the same level, but it'd be really interesting to see Naughty Dog slide back to a degree and Insomniac kind of become the the premier PlayStation developer. Um, Gorilla is trying to work toward that. I don't think that they've quite hit a premier development standpoint. Uh, I think the other clear front runner right now is God of War, Sony Santa Monica. And Sony Santa Monica has always been like right on the cusp of Naughty Dog from a tech standpoint and from a game sale standpoint. Kratos is a massive uh, IP and or a massive mascot and, and God of War a good IP. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if by the end of this gen, Naughty Dog has slipped behind and we start seeing some of these other ones crawl up. Like what if Ghost of Tsushima 2 hits and suddenly Sucker Punch is like viewed higher than Naughty Dog 2? And I'm not saying it's going to happen or that it even matters. The fact that all of them are making great games is what matters for Sony. But it would be yeah. interesting to see what the actual general feeling towards these developers becomes as you go through a series of different things. Cause like regardless of who you are and how you feel about it, it is undeniable that the last of us part two was more controversial than anyone would have wanted it to be. And that did impact its sales to some degree. Um, here's, I think of the more interesting question is Sony the best publisher going right now. Dude, I don't know. I've actually, it's funny that you talk about, I was thinking the other day when talking with one of coworkers, who is the publisher right now? And the, the kind of crazy part is, I don't know if there's an obvious answer, it, but there's a few that you can kind of look at and go, maybe. Okay. Is it Bandai Namco? <laughs> After all this, <laughs> we just talked about them. But seriously, Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Armored Core 6? Yeah. One Piece Odyssey? (laughs) Dude, look, obviously I know people are going to have different thoughts about this because it depends on the type of games you want. So there's like a personal publisher to be and then there's like a more broad industry publisher to be. 
I think the clear answer is going to be like a Rockstar or an Activision just because all you need to be the publisher is Call of Duty or, or Grand Theft Auto. But if you're looking at it from more of just a, if you're looking more broad than a one-hit wonder thing that keeps the studio going strong and big and you look at more variety with success. Bandai Namco doesn't sound so weird suddenly because they have a broad variety of games that have a, had a very, dude, Elden Ring selling 30 million units <laughs> for Bandai Namco is insane. Yeah, it's We just talked nice. about we just talked about two games selling 33 million for PlayStation and we're talking about one game in much less time selling the same amount. <laughs> yeah. For a much smaller publisher. Um Yeah, that's a good community's take. Who is Who's the publisher right now? Like, who's the publisher to be? Who's the publisher to look at? I think that's more interesting, too. Like, who who on the horizon should you be keeping your eye on? Like, who's the developer to keep a lookout for? Or a, a publisher, rather. I like that one. Annapurna. I actually don't think that's a bad answer at all. <laughs> and I'm really curious to see how they keep going, because they've pushed a lot this generation alone. And now they're doing some pretty interesting stuff, movies. And I think that they're trying to grow their brand significantly. Well, isn't... Um, and isn't it weird first... that they're doing a lot of that on the back of PlayStation? I think they're kind of being smart. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the first episode of Silent Hill like next week? I think so. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think that's true. Did you see what the, they announced today? For It's not for us. It's for Switch. But they announced a Annapurna physical collection which has um donut county gorgora hindsight i am dead if found kentucky route zero neon white sayonara wild hearts solar ash the artful escape the pathless and what remains of edith finch on one switch cart (laughs) that's kind of wild a lot of those games are small to be fair yeah but that's still pretty wild Oh, yeah. And Kentucky Route Zero, I don't know if you've played it. It's fucking sick. I haven't, but I do know what it I is. I own it. I know about Play it. Play it. It's awesome. I should. Easy bottom. So you'll be fine. Yeah, I like Annapurna. I, I think that they've done really well. And I, dude, <clears throat> Stray was like a massive success for them. They were so smart to look at Stray and go, you're going to make a game about a fucking cat? Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. How smart can you get? They, yeah. They have and also, A24 Sony was smart to be like, hey, bro, can we get in on that action? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I think up and coming publishers are always interesting because it's been in a weird year. It's like we've been in this weird decline where it's like Ubisoft as a publisher has been kind of declining significantly. And they've been having a lot of problems with their profits and what series were profitable and which ones continue to be. Uh, Activision has pretty much moved entirely to uh, Call of Duty when they used to be far more diverse than they were. And so the big publishers are kind of hitting that groove of we found our Big Mac and we're just going to make Big Macs for the rest of our life. Um, (laughs) And I don't, I get it. I don't even begrudge them, but it does make me sad because the thing, it's exactly what's going to happen with Sony and you're already seeing it in action. The bigger companies get slowly, but surely they take less and less risk. And the best you can hope for is that a company sees the value of risk while not being so, risk friendly that they go under so that that's like the kind of perfect harmony is when they're still risky enough that you get kind of crazy games but like i told someone the other day and, and i may even say it on this podcast but i'm pretty sure i said it in person uh, at work when i was talking to a friend there is no world 
in which Sony greenlights Shadow of the Colossus in the today. Doesn't happen. A Definitely game not. like Shadow of the Colossus, they don't do it. They would never greenlight The Last Guardian right now. They just wouldn't. It doesn't make enough sense. It's not a big enough scale game, and it's too risky. They they just won't. They're not that risky anymore. They're not that creative. They don't. They're not pushing for that side anymore. They've become corporate. They've become more money focused, and they've done a very good job at that. But that has come at the cost of some of PlayStation's identity slipping because that's what happens. Absolutely, that's what happens with all things. Nintendo is probably the biggest example of someone who's managed to keep their identity while becoming massive. But that comes with the fact that Nintendo constantly gets shit, even from us sometimes, for doing things in sometimes the most obtuse and weird way possible. But that's the only way that they can stay Nintendo, and they're caught in a loop of all of their value comes from being Nintendo. They come from being the quirky thing that is Nintendo. That's not PlayStation's value anymore, realistically. That's not Xbox's value anymore, realistically. They help. And Sony having, or PlayStation having an identity they can lean on helps, and Xbox having an identity they can lean on helps. But they're really third-party machines. And the, the secret for Nintendo is that they are still third-party machines, and they've always needed to be, and that's why most of their consoles have failed because of third-partiness. But the Switch is so successful because it's all the great that Nintendo's always offered for people that want Nintendo, plus third-party support. Best of both worlds. They Hannah montana that shit. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> All right, Chris, we have one question, I think, left. Let me go double check. Oh, there's two questions. Uh, we have one from Jehudi MD, one of our longtime listeners, longtime patrons. He says, how often do you use guides when playing games you want to 100%? Do you see yourself checking guides more often uh, for specific genres? Brett, why don't you take it? Uh, I think that my answer has become clear enough. Now, people are usually surprised by this, even in games like, um, not even for games that you can 100% necessarily. Um, games like RuneScape. People are like, don't you use gods to do the quest? Because one of the things that's true of RuneScape is that people who want to play RuneScape for the game, like for the gameplay aspect and this weird thing of trying to power level, they just look at a god and play the whole quest with the god. And all the solutions are given to them by that. And when I play RuneScape, I go, yeah, I just want to I want to struggle. I want to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. That's fun. That's what I want to do. That's how I approach games. Chris hates it sometimes. And um, maybe some of you do when I bitch about having to go back and do something because I missed something because I didn't follow a guide. Uh, but you know what? I take the good, I take the bad, put it all together, facts of life. And I don't play games with gods very often. I would say if I am really liking a game and I'm getting close to platinuming it and I start to run into issues naturally coming across the things needed to 100% it, I will then pull up a guide to finish a game. If I can keep from using a guide, I'll try to. But a good example is like Need for Speed, um, this, this most recent one. All of them, really. the most, The last four of them. I do as much of the map as I can clear reasonably by myself. And then whenever I suddenly can't find anymore or it's taking too long, I'll pull up a map and then I'll just cross-reference the ones I've already done and look at the rest. And I'm done. So, nice. Um, what do you got? I Okay. D- despite what people might think, I don't follow guides for games. 
99 times out of 100. I think the only time I've ever actively followed a guide was when I was trying to play um, Tales of Grace's F. Oh, yeah. And that was because I just didn't want to miss anything. Um, but what I, my usual thing is I'll go, and this is actually very specific. If I just want to play a game, like I didn't even look at a guide for Baldur's Gate 3. I just played it. And as I've talked about, now I'm a hundred hours behind, right? If I want the platinum, but that's fine. That's not how I wanted to play the game. But like, if I'm looking at a sale, thank you. Appreciate that. If I'm looking at a sale and I'm like, eh, I don't know about this game. I'll check the trophy guide. Yeah. And I think I'll do that for some big games too. Like, you know, Dead Space Remake. Dead Space Remake Trophy Guide. You check the roadmap and it goes, missable trophies, none. Okay, cool. Fuck it. You know, or do I need to play this on hard? I'll check that. But other than that, like, I'm not sitting here like, trophy one, do this, and then I go do it. Like, that's not really how I play. I've, you know, again, it depends. Like, with Uncharted games at this point in my life, I follow a guide because if I'm playing an Uncharted game in the year of our Lord 2023, I'm trying to get the platinum. <laughs> so I follow a guide so that I don't Fair have enough. 14 playthroughs to get the treasures. But for the most part, if it's a new game that I'm not playing specifically for that reason, I don't tend to check a guide. Okay. But I do I feel. check a roadmap to make sure I don't yeah. miss anything. Like if there happened to be, you know, a thing that I needed to scan at the end of Horizon that I'd never be able to scan again, I tend to check the guide to make sure that I don't miss those things. That way, I don't have to come on the podcast and go, this is a terrible trophy design. <laughs> you know, I personally, that's what I try and avoid and mitigate mm. that stress for myself. But I know that most people don't play games that way, and that's okay. That's just what I tend to do. Okay. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Very thought out answer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, put the lotion on the skin because I'm going to come cut that shit off later and wear it like a bathroom. <laughs> okay. If it makes you worried, Chris, I'll tuck. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Would, would you tuck me? Because I'd tuck me. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, we got one more question that's uh, pretty much geared at me, one of our longtime listeners and patrons. Uh, Matthew Green has said, when's Abzideon making a comeback? Just been listening to Complacency. Love it and the video, by the way. Uh, Matthew, I'll tell you something. I have three songs, two, one of which is literally done, mastered everything. The second of which is basically done. Uh, and then the third of which is... Completely written, completely recorded, besides the, the second verse. And we've been hoping to get somebody on it. Life comes at you. You kind of move around. I often miss making music. I, I piddle around with it some. And that's how we've gotten to three songs that are in various stages. I'm so glad you liked that first uh, EP that we put out. I love that, uh, that EP. I listen to it sometimes. Uh, a lot of very personal thought processes went into those songs. I enjoy them. I am one of the people that when I create music, I like to listen to it. Some people like Rob Zombie say they never listen to their own music. Um, and I can respect that, but I, I put so much of myself into music that I like listening to it. It's kind of like a check in on where you were in that time of your life. And I think that's interesting and fun. Um, while sometimes also sad 
as you deal with certain things. So uh, I hope that it comes back soon. I've actually been talking with Casey um, about finishing up those three songs and doing all the stuff we'd want to do to to release them like uh, single art so we can get that put out there, doing some stuff worked up. Um, So I'd say we're close and I don't think that it's completely out of the question. And I hope to actually have that be something that maybe I can put a little more focus on in the beginning of the year. Uh, We're both dads. And we're both, you know, buying houses, working on them, worried about family and stuff. Uh, It is what it is. But we got together at a really great time, did something that was really fun. And I'm so proud of what we made. And I'm really happy that you enjoyed it. So anyone else who wants to check out my music, uh, at least my most recent music project, it's uh, A-B-S-I-D-E-O-N. You can go find us on literally any streaming service we should be on there. Got a little six-song EP that I would love to hear your thoughts on, if that's your type. Um, it's hard to even say what it is because it's it hops genres a lot. Sometimes it's super hip hoppy. Sometimes it's kind of trappy. Sometimes it's real heavy. Sometimes it's pop punk. It's I don't know <laughs> if any of that sounds interesting to you. Give it a try. Uh, <laughs> e- every song, for the most part, bounces between multiple styles at multiple times. So uh, there you go. That's your answer. Um, also, Chris, I don't know if you've ever noticed how big my head is. Uh, but this is the hat that I, I ordered this costume, right? Because my wife's going to be misty. <laughs> and uh, it's the day before this came in. So yesterday I was sitting there looking and I'm thinking, that hat's not going to fit me. I don't <laughs> wear hats. And people are like, why don't you ever wear hats? My head's too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hats do not fit my head unless I order special hats. Yep. You know the same. one size fits most? Yeah, you're not most. I'm not most. I'm the same way. I'm not most. I bought. So this hat is all the way to the end to where it just won't come out. And it. it (laughs) 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 So I'm just going to wear it. I'm going to wear it like youngster Joey, you know, tilted back, flipped up with my ratata. That'd be not a bad costume. You could just wear some shorts. Be like, I really like shorts. (laughs) Yeah. So it's good times, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm the same I'm way. Ash, I'm Ash if you're looking at his body uh, that's laying in the coma, that's still actually aging and getting must, you know, mustache and beard hair and going. Like, you know, the, the dream version he's experiencing never ages. Mm. But I'm the real body that's in the real world that his mom's like, Ash, why won't you wake up? Why <laughs> won't you wake up, Ash? Yeah, I, that's who I am. I think that coma. Oof. <laughs> Those I mean, IV you know. drips are doing well for you. No, the trips are doing real well for me, Chris. <laughs> and you know why I got into the coma to begin with? Why? Because you saw. Because I oh, wouldn't oh. put the potion in the basket. He puts the potion in the basket. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, without further ado, I think it's time to move into the sexiest segment of the show. Uh oh, my mouse died. Okay, hold on. The sexiest section. I gotta get a new mouse, man. The sexiest segment of the show can still come. Oh. Velvet's Corner. All right, here you go. Let me let me not tease y'all any longer. Velvet's Corner. All right, guys. Brett, you have two weeks to fix that fucking song. <laughs> For your birthday? For my birthday. Okay. Chris, I don't what if I told it. you what if I told you I've already done it? I'd be <clears throat> not I will great. neither confirm nor deny if I have or haven't, but that's a fun thing for you to chew on there. 
You know what I like chewing on is uh, GTA Six rumors. Did you see, did you see the one I just sent you in Discord? Which I did. Just made me this, fucking die laughing. It's conspiracy theory. Oh, a hundred percent. It's just look, a guys. Man there's a V and then a man in the middle of the did V. You, did you see the one going around where it was? Um, it was like the Vinewood sign. And you could just see the VI and you could see the moon and people were doing star charts of a video game moon to see if they could figure out when the game was being announced. Turns out wasn't announced on October 26th. Oh my God, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Hasn't yes. been announced as of recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I must say, tw- the 26th, we still got two days, but that's Thursday. Could you imagine if they do announce it on Thursday? Dude, here's the thing. The internet brings out the best and the worst of people because (laughs) what people are starting to do is they're starting to put Kingdom Hearts level thought process, which Kingdom Hearts actually does do a lot of really obtuse shit. But that's because the series has always done that. I don't see what Rockstar would gain by putting a moon in a specific placement with a six so that you can figure out the stars. I don't, here's like, they could. Will they? No. Probably they don't not. need to. They First could, of all, you're going to buy fucking GTA 6 anyway. Well, that was what I was going to say. Clearly. <laughs> they could announce it today for release tomorrow, and it would sell 10 million copies on the tomorrow. Like It doesn't yeah. matter. So, Yeah. It would probably sell 10 million copies before the end of the day. Like the oh, day without, they announced it and put up for pre-order, it would already pass 10 million. <laughs> without question. <laughs> so... But that's okay. That's that's where the industry's at. All right, moving into the sexiest part of the show, though, we have a game from One Velvet Thunder. And this game, as we have here, is called... <clears throat> this week's game is called The Trophy Game. Sorry the name sucks, but I couldn't think of a good pun. So, Chris, if you can come up with anything for this, feel free to do so. Let okay. me explain the game to you and give you a chance. There are 10 games... For each game, there's the name of a bronze, silver, gold, and platinum trophy. You get four points if you can guess the game from just the bronze trophy, three points from the silver, two for the gold, and one for the plat. When you think you know the game, you lock in the answer. And if it's wrong, you get nothing. The games are all playable on PS5 and are games I'm fairly certain at least one of you have platinumed. That's a pretty huge clue. You're playing as a team and need 20 points to win. If you lose, you must do. You must both do the entire "What We've Been Playing" section next week with a British accent. I, I like the challenge. I don't even want to play. I don't even <laughs> want to play. You know what's funny is he goes. I'm trying to think of punishments that Chris would be willing to do, and then you immediately you're clearly willing to do this to the point where you're like, "Fuck the game." Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I've only said no to one, and I don't even think I did. I say no to it. <laughs> no, I, I think he's just saying like, because here's the thing. I, I've worn my lipstick, first you did. of all. I'm, and I'm you've, glad. you've tweeted out that you yeah, thought the Callisto that. Protocol was your favorite game. But yeah. as of right now, neither of us have made the time to play the Callisto Protocol DLC. Just want to throw that all out right, there. I'll download it right now. <laughs> I got to do so too. Uh, do you already <laughs> have the DLC since you got the, the, <laughs> since you got the collector's yes. edition? Dude. It's probably cheaper to buy the collector's edition for $25 at GameStop to get the game and the and the DLC than it is to buy it on PS Store. Uh, you're probably right. That's uh, sad. Yeah. Cool game. Cool statue. Um, I do have a great name for the segment, by the way. Okay, what is it? Whose trophy is it anyway? <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Thank you. <laughs> I like that. All right, Chris. Game one of whose trophy is it anyway? Nice. <clears throat> the bronze trophy is Dragon Slayer. Ooh. How many games could that be for? But I'm going to take this. Oh. Yeah. Actually. But I don't think that there's actually one called. There could be, though. Uh, Chris, we're working as a team. So I'm just going to give you my thought process. I thought we we lost. We're working as a team here. All right. So you ready? Thought process. Games we've both platinumed, or most likely at least one of us has platinumed. I platinum Skyrim. Did you? Yes. So Skyrim is a possible game. And it is playable on PS5. Hear me out the rest of the way, though. Okay. This feels... And this would be true of both games. So Skyrim is still very much in the play. God of War 2018, one of the only bosses in the game, besides the main character bosses, you know, villains, is a dragon. Okay. This feels like a story trophy since it's bronze. And I think you'd get a trophy for beating that dragon. I, I know you get a trophy. What it's called, I can't say with absolute certainty. What game is this but I feel you're talking about again? God of War 2018. Oh. The dragon you fight outside of the mines. Okay. It's like the only, it's the only God of War-like boss fight in God of War 2018 besides the final boss. And it, that was actually one of the big complaints and why they worked on that in, in Ragnarok. So I'm with you. I think it's either Skyrim or it's God of War. If you can think of any other game, uh, I, neither of us have the platinum in Demon Souls. So I don't think it's that. Neither of us have the platinum in Dark Souls 3, and there's a dragon in that, but I don't think it's that. Those are the only games I can think of where they may give you a trophy for killing a dragon. Because Demon Souls, you can kill the dragons. It's really hard to do. I did it. Um, I don't remember getting a trophy for it. But I also don't have the platinum. So if if we platinum this, the only two games I can think of would be Skyrim or God of War. Unless you can think of another dragon-heavy game. My only thought was Dragon's Dogma, but neither of us have that platinum. So I could see that having a trophy called this. But yeah, I'm, it's not in I'm, the list of games we're likely to play. I'm good with whatever you think, because I honestly don't. Oh, it's kind of a spin of the die, but I'm going to lean towards this as a PlayStation podcast, so he's going to lean more PlayStation heavy. That could be a wrong choice of me. But I want to say this is God of War 2018. Go for it. All right. Skyrim. <gasps> Boy, God of War. Oh, nice. Four points then. Okay. Okay, we're off to a good start, Chris. Yes. We got to get to 20, right? And then what we landed on? 20 points. That's a really good start. Okay, game number two, bronze trophy. Ace the base. Is this MLB? No. Ace the base. San Andreas. I'm like, it could be MLB, but I'm like 60% sure it's San Andreas. That's my guess. We went pretty ballsy with the first game, choosing not to see the silver trophy. Do you think that seeing the silver trophy is going to be beneficial here? I don't have a game in mind here, unfortunately. You can go for it. You can go for it. Okay, so we're going to do silver? Yeah, go for it. Ooh, a suit for all seasons. Is this Spider-Man?
Is there a ballpark in Spider-Man that you can do something with the bases? I don't remember there being a trophy for that. Uh, what you doing over there, Chris? I'm thinking. <laughs> Chris, hands up. <laughs> Ace, okay, see, I think Ace the Base may have been meant to throw us off because it sounds so baseball heavy. But it doesn't to me. It sounds like it almost sounds like GTA three. Because remember they have that 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 mission bomb dub base, part one and part two. Okay. 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 That's where I was going. Uh, but I was I said San Andreas. Um, I honestly think you go you open up the gold. I don't have a good answer here. If okay, you want to guess Spider Man, you can. But oh, I, I, I heart Manhattan. Oh, it's Spider-Man. this is this is Spider Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we got two points. I'll take so it. So we're at we're at six. That's not bad. All right. Game number three, bronze trophy. Back in the mud. What? Back in the mud. The mud. Back in the mud. Racing game? Dirt? Five? Games that at least one of us have platinum, most likely. For the most, he thinks most of them we've platinum. I played a lot of it though, but I didn't platinum it. But I talked about it for like two weeks on this. I platinum Need for Speed. There are off-road tracks in Need for Speed. Well, I didn't play that. I'm so. very close to platinum in Gran Turismo, and there are dirt that. races, but I don't know that that's what I'd say it is. Back in the mud. Okay, let's think through. Trophy names are always trying to be clever, so you have to like it, it's easy to get thrown off. Huh. Since since no game comes to mind, I'm thinking we go silver and try to get three points. <laughs> Hold on, can I derail for one second? Because this is insane. derail. Let's hear. Destin Legary just tweeted out MGS Collection Volume One. When playing MGS Two, the game does not support mouse input on PC. You need to use WASD and then the U key to fire your weapon. Incredible. Nice. Stuff. Anyway, nice. Continue. All right. Are you cool with going silver and trying to go for three points? Go for it. All right. Gold Rush. Wait a minute. Is this inscription? No. We no one from neither of us platinum of it. No, but we uh, talked the hell out of that game. Back in the I'm going inscription. Go inscription. Just do All it. Alright, let's lock it in. <laughs> God damn, it's Red, Red Dead, Dead 2. Yeah. I Neither should. of us platinum that one, but we definitely played it. All right, yeah. zero points on that one, Chris. Game number four, the perfect storm is our bronze trophy. The perfect storm? The perfect storm. Life is strange. I'm not against it, but it's a bronze trophy. If that was the trophy for for that, I feel like that would be a, at least a silver or a gold for completing the but story. But were all the trophies in that game bronzes? Were they? I you thought might they be right. were. Because it, it, was, it was all the story and then it was all the pictures. I think they were all bronze. Based on the name, Life is Strange is my guess. But you can you can hit the next one if you'd like. I'm going to go silver and go from there. Okay. 
Okay, Silver is Teller of Tales. Teller of Tales. <gasps> is this Ghost of Tsushima? You didn't play know. enough I, of I, it. I didn't, I Unfortunately, I don't think you could be a good sounding board for me. But if I remember right, the character stories in that game are called Tales that you can run through. Um, so you know how like a normal game, you move through your main character stories. The main characters um, that are going to be in the story are already in the story. But then on a lot of games, you can go off and do character-specific stories, kind of like Baldur's Gate 3, where you can like go and do stuff with Carlac in mind or with Will in mind or whatever. So this game kind of has that, where there's open world and you'll meet someone in the main story and then they'll go off and then you have side missions that you can do with them. And I think they're called Tales. And maybe this is one for completing all of those because I'm pretty sure you had to do that for the Platinum. And this is a silver trophy, which seems like something that's bigger towards the end of completing something, or that could have been a gold. I can't think of a game... Teller of Tales completely throws me off of the Life is Strange. I would have agreed with you yeah, enough with The Perfect Storm. I'm trying to think of what you'd call The Perfect Storm as a bronze trophy for Ghost of Tsushima, but... Ghost of Tsushima's got a bunch of stuff going on. I think it's reasonable to call the perfect storm because that can also be metaphorical, right? The perfect series of events to bring you to this conclusion. I don't really have a better game. I don't, I don't know if you do. If you have, I'm, I'm down to hear it. It's I only have Life is Strange still, so go ahead. Okay, Ghost of Tsushima. Let's go. Three points. Go to Tsushima. Good shit. I want to see what the other trophies. The gold is helping sword hand and the plat living legends. I would have definitely gotten off the plat. I remember that uh, well. I wonder if I'm right on what that trophy is, though. The Tailor of Tales. Or almost wonder, is it... Mm, no, Maybe I was going to say, I wonder if it's for... That's what I was going to say. Is it all the haikus? But it Taking seems like a collection trophy. Uh-oh. All right, next game. Game five, Fast and Furious is the bronze trophy. <laughs> oh, uh, is the game Furious? Yeah, is the game what Chris's girlfriend says about him? <sighs> that was low hanging fruit. <laughs> I mean, she would probably say fa- uh, fast and emotionally unavailable. Um, <laughs> Which makes her furious. Oh, it all yeah. comes back together. <laughs> yep. What that tongue do? Um. <laughs> uh, I don't have one. Fast and Furious? Dude, I don't either. Fast and Furious. Let's go to Silver. Ran the gauntlet. Wait a minute. GT? No. Isn't the gauntlet... Is Titanfall this, 2. Is this Titanfall, Titanfall 2? Is it Titanfall yeah, 2? It's got to be Titanfall I don't know. 2. I think so. It, I don't think uh, that's what the, the thing's name is, though. Is it not called the Gauntlet? What is it actually called, then? But I don't think that's what the trophy's name is called. Oh, well, well hold on. Is that trophy a silver trophy or a bronze one? Because is Fast and Furious bronze. the trophy? Is that Fast and Furious? Is no. that the name of that trophy? No, it starts with dot, dot, dot. Mm. Well, hold on. Man. Ran the gauntlet. It's either that or like a, one of the Call of Duty games where you've got to do the thing at the no, beginning. I mean, the other game I would have thought, well, no. I mean, hold honestly, on though, the gauntlet. because there's two trophies for beating that part of the game. One for just completing it. And then one for the top score. <laughs> I 
But again, I think this, I think this is one of those trying to trick us with the gaunt, putting gauntlet in the name. <sighs> the gauntlet. I'm trying to think of other games that have things that you'd consider a gauntlet. You know, it's like it's a series of things that you go through. Call of Duty so Four, our, Modern Warfare well, Two. Yeah, but that's, I don't think those are called gauntlets in those games. Though it's like the the, the test area they're gauntlets whether they're called it where they're called that's true so trophy name can be really misleading here yeah but okay um, honestly dude i'm good with guessing titanfall 2 because as much as my competitive spirit wants me to win i think it would be really funny to do the whole show in british accents let alone <laughs> <laughs> what we've been playing so you know what i'm willing to hear this out because and you have the platinum for it so let's let's go i do not but oh, I thought you did. No, you got I got that trophy. But I got that platinum. trophy and I haven't played it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's The Witcher 3. <laughs> Oof. I don't know what the gauntlet's in reference to. Maybe it's all the fights. Maybe. I was, I was actually, it's funny. Earlier, I was going to say maybe an RPG. I wasn't thinking The Witcher 3, but I was yes. thinking RPGs have I got a lot of platinum The Witcher 3. Whoo, <laughs> All right, slow down there, big dog. Game number six, and we're woefully behind on points. Uh, Wishbone is our first trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like we might be doing the whole section in British, isn't it? He's got the bangers and the the webs, the webbings. (laughs) Uh, He's got the bangers and ass, huh? Um, (laughs) mm. That that, that caked up Spider-Man cover that someone made. Um, (laughs) Looks like we might be doing the host section in British, isn't it? <laughs> oh, bruv. I've got uh, I've got I've got to listen to Piers Morgan today on my way to the schoolyard. Hello, governor. <laughs> Oi. Well, go and save the queen. Well, play the king. Chinchin Liza P, did I? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're already doing the punishment at this point. Chris, I'm going <laughs> to silver. Punishment. It's fucking funny. <laughs> Oh, God, full clearance. So, wishbone and full clearance. Wait a minute. Oh. He knows it. I know it. I trust you because I don't. Go. It's it's this year, thankfully. I don't think I'd remember this the same way. In <coughs> Dead Space Remake, you get clearance to every section of the ship. And I think wishbone is one of the dismemberment ones. Okay. I'm down. Go for it. I'm saying Dead Space. I, I don't know if he's going to care if it's Dead Space remake or Dead Space. I think the trophy lists are really similar. Yeah. Well, so let's it's... just. Oh, okay. So if it's Dead Space instead of Dead Space remake, are we going to count that? Yeah, Velvet's not here. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my real mom. Um, all right, let's see if I get three You're points not here. My dad. Oh, actually, I haven't clicked on it yet. Is that our locked-in answer? I don't have an answer, so. Dead space, baby. That's what it was. Okay. So hold on. We're at nine points now because we missed two entirely. No, wait. We got Ghost of Tsushima at three. Uh, Spider-Man with two points, so six. That was nine. So we are now at um, 12 or 11. 12, 12. We got three points for that. So we need to do a, a good job next game. Never heard it coming as a bronze. <gasps> we didn't platinum it, but what was that game that Square Enix put out? The the Silent Man. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I don't remember its name now. The, the quiet, quiet man. man. The quiet man. Yep. Yeah. Didn't play it. Never heard it coming. I don't have an answer for this one. Man, we need to pay more attention to the trophies that we earn. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm saying let's go silver because I'd rather get three points than just miss entirely. I don't have an answer either. Go for it. We, I think we've already lost, so at this point we're just playing for fun. I don't think we can definitely get it if we get the next few games. Frugalist, wait a minute. Frugalist? I remember this. I remember this trophy name. I do too. Is it Hogwarts Legacy? No. The trophy. Have, the trophy. Do you have is the trophy? A certain you amount have, of money. Without spending and never it. heard it coming, dude. Do you have a platinum in a Hitman game? Yes, but I don't think it's that one. I've I've platinum Hitman three. Frugalist. Why do I know that trophy name? I know it too. I have it. It's at the top. It's at the end of my tip of my tongue. Uh, hold on. Follow me through a trail here. Never heard it coming. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I have a rough idea. I think, but you would be the better Resident person. Evil game. You're on the same track as me. Is it Resident Evil Four? Is it the is the Never Heard It Coming the knife playthrough? I don't have it. Well, Resident Evil Two has a knife playthrough. Oh, and I have the platinum in Resident Evil Two. And not Resident Evil. But 4. where would Frugalist come into play on two? Because there's not a store in two. So what yeah, is Frugalist? You, is it is it never spending money at the store? At the, with the merchant? I was thinking of the one where you have to beat Resident Evil Two without using any healing. Oh, Dude, I'm I'm gonna trust your gut on I'm this because you're Resident the Resident Evil, Evil guy. Four, but I think Frugalist that's what I was in both games. So I think oh, so it's it's a double trophy. Both are the right answer, but I'll go Resident Evil Four for recency bias. I'm gonna lock you in because that's the game I was thinking anyway. Resident Evil Four, we got it. There you go. I'll take. So that. now we're at 15 points. If we uh, we can get this, okay. I don't. Want and then to. we can still just do it in a British accent because <laughs> okay. we control the show, Chris. Yeah, we opened we, we opened with a skit based around Silence of the Lambs and Harry Potter mashed together. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Silence of the Hippogriff. <laughs> Oh boy! Wait, I'm gonna derail again, quick. Um, do I should I play? Should I finish uh, Fallen Order before I play Jedi Survivor? Now, keep in mind, how much, I don't did, give, how much did you like Fallen Order? I don't. Not enough to finish it. <laughs> then no. Okay, because I don't care. It's about Star Wars at all. But it was twenty bucks, and I, yeah. so I bought it. But I think right. I think that the new one is better. Okay. So, if you didn't like that one, if you're going to try again, at least try with a new one. There's a recap, I'm pretty sure, in the game, so you don't have to really worry about it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Let's, I, let's I like the first game, but... I liked I mean. it, too. I just didn't finish it, and I don't want to go back at this point, so... All right. Game number eight, <laughs> Master of Unlocking. Resident Evil 2. All the door puzzles? Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I'm like 60% sure. Could be Skyrim? Dishonored? 
Can I ask you, you may have more memory. I haven't played, well, I don't know if you have either. When's the last time you played the original The Last of Us? 2013. I, I last played it when the, remake, the remaster came out, so 2014. In the remake that I do have the Platinum in, of that one, they brought the mechanic from two where there are safes in the levels that you can unlock. Yep. And mm-hmm. coolly, you can unlock them by just listening and feeling the controller's vibrations and feeling the different clicks and actually approximating lock picking for a combination lock. I have the platinum in the remake, so he could be thinking about the remake. Or I don't have the platinum in two, but you have the platinum in two. Right, I do have the platinum in Last of Us too. I don't. I'm not saying that either of those is the game, but I think they're both clear candidates. This is a bronze trophy. I feel like you'd get a bronze trophy for just unlocking because there's not a lot of them, and if you just unlock all of them, I'm going to say Resident Evil Two. You you can go with whatever you want, but I think- I, I'd be more comfortable going with the silver at this point. Because I don't, uh, it's not immediately clear, but I also see what you mean. I assume you mean for all the door puzzles, which is still unlocking, which also feels like it could be for Resident Evil 7 or 4. <laughs> I'm going to go silver because if we get three points here, we, we get, we're still on track to win. I, I want to win and then still do a I, British accent. I say we crush it and just go Resident Evil 2. I don't know for sure, but that. F- feel like i know that trophy name and here's here's the thing as the resident evil guy in resident evil one barry calls jill the master of unlocking you've sold me let's go hit it you son of a bitch you know what what the fuck it's the last of us (laughs) bullshit go fuck yourself (laughs) I am being dead serious, and now okay. I want to look at the other trophies. I have to Hold check on. something. It was all just lying there. That's all I got. It can't be for nothing. Well, see, the plat would have definitely given it away. Hold on. I'm. Are you going to see if it's 1, also a trophy? Thousand percent in Resident sure Evil Two. Trophy in Resident Evil Two. Also, it's the last of. He just put the it last of. It is a trophy I, in Resident Evil Two. I'm not going to say shit. I deserve points, but I am right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> See, it, it was on our bravado for thinking that you had it, and it was on me not. I'll be honest with you; I didn't. Th- I wasn't like completely sold on it being the Last of Us. I just didn't have another game in mind. But I'm. We should have looked. at We would have known if we I almost the rest said. Of I almost said Skyrim because of the Thieves Guild and because of the lock picking. But yeah. I was like, that's fucked up. That I was right and got it wrong. <laughs> Do you that's want a- one point? I don't want any points because I'm wrong according to Velvet's You want a British accent? <laughs> Yo, I'm looking at the bloody trophy guide, Mike. It's right there, isn't it? Hey, Chris. Okay? Whose trophy is it anyway? Oi, bruv. It's, it's bloody Resident Evil 2's trophy along with right. The Last of Us. Oh, Game God. number nine. Are you ready? This is where we, we, can, ready. we can clutch this. We can clutch yeah, this. sure. Here, little piggy, is our bronze trophy. Wow, I, did, I thought you were just being mean. <laughs> No. <laughs> Here, little piggy. Um, is it is it? Let's build a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but that's that would be funny. 
I'm gonna go silver because I don't have anything. Yeah, go. I don't have a single. Silver is strange bedfellows. I know that trophy name. What's oh shit, dude! I've been touching all over my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I've got lipstick on my head. Oh, oh my it's part of my teeth. That's good. No, it doesn't look like it. You're doing okay there. Is this Bioshock? Do you have the platinum and Bioshock one? No, I have it on. Infinite. You have the you have the platinum and Infinite, don't you? I do. Yeah. I don't have <clears throat> the platinum in any of them. But Go you to have the, the platinum. Is, is I I don't even have a guess. Scavenger hunt. That doesn't sound right. Huh. That doesn't sound like a Bioshock Infinite Trophy. Pursuit. Uh, I didn't get the platinum, so I don't really know. It's like I'm trying to think through what it would be for. Scavenger Hunt. Well, all the collectibles. Yeah, that's a real generic name, but a lot of games have got real generic game names. Yeah. Here's the thing. Ken Levine doesn't seem like a trophy guy to me. Look, here's the thing. If we get one point here, we're at 15. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or no, we're at, we're at sixteen. And, we and then if we get it, if one. we get the last game, we can win. All right. And then still do British accents. Let's go platinum. Okay, this has got to be infinite. This is platinum Columbia. Yeah, that's infinite. Infinite. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're at sixteen points. Let's really test our knowledge. Are you ready? Game do ten, it. the last game. Swath of Destruction. I know this trophy. The Darksiders 3. No, it's actually a relatively new game. I don't think you're going to know this. Trials of Midgar? No, it's a game that you did not play, or at least if you did, you played very little of. It's a game I loved and you thought I was a little crazy for loving. If I'm right, to be fair, I could be being overly confident. Is it The Order 1886? (laughs) No, if I if it's what I think it is, it's Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, I didn't play it, so I wish that you had because this is the game we're supposed to clutch it on to win. And much like you, I want to win from a competitive standpoint. Well, this is your will you turn trust me enough? Yes, because I don't have an answer. Let's go, Sonic Frontiers, baby. Let's go. Let's go. The walk off home run goes to Brett Beck. Well, I was too I would have got it. I, I would have got it from the second trophy too. Ancient Defiance. Yeah, yeah. I would have got it. Weirdly enough, that that's the game that I weirdly know more of the trophy names for. I don't really know why, <laughs> but I've been looking at platinuming it again though, so they're a little more on my mind because I've been thinking about playing the PS4 version again <laughs> and getting the platinum in that one. All right, Chris, we won. We did win, and we still get to do a good British accent, isn't it? Oh, bloody Lord governor! Might. It's going to be so funny because I'm going to practice for the next two weeks, <laughs> and then I'm just going to come in with a flawless British accent. It's going to sound like you've never been to America a day in your life. Yeah, I'm going to sound like fucking Michael Caine. <laughs> it's a Batman. That was just that was just the Joker, but quiet. That was so bad, <laughs> that was so bad Chris. I'm going to sound like Michael Caine. Batman. <laughs> Please, I Batman. So. I hope that that. I hope that that's a quote <laughs> in a future. <laughs> qu- 
<laughs> well, let me I'm not talking about a game. <laughs> You're oh, not. That would be a great Velvet's Corner thing, though, right? He does the game thing again, and then he brings up that quote. And technically, I've been playing the Velvet's Corner, so it counts as a game. <laughs> Gameception, as everyone that. said, it's not how Inception worked. <laughs> yeah, I know. If he's spinning the top, he's dumb. I don't fucking know. All right, Chris, thank you for joining me as always. Let's give these people, we want to land on what we talked about where, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what was the the community take that we landed on that we thought was interesting? Damn, my brain is failing me. It must be this lipstick. It's sucking, it's, it's, it's sucking all of the brains out and turning into sheer beauty. Yeah, that's how we were. That's where I thought you were going with that. 100%. <laughs> so, hey. Um, I don't remember. Don't invite it, me to a rainbow party. In the middle of the, you said it in the middle of the show. I said rainbow. I meant rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> RJ Burger shout out. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it about acquisitions? Was it about fastest selling? Was it about games and how long they're taking? Yes, I think it was that. You know what? I will listen back to it and find out and let you guys know, and then I'll post it as I usually do. So without further ado, I'm going to get off of this so we can play some Baldur's Gate 3 and I can check in on my wife and kid before they go to bed. And that is what we do with every episode. Thank you for joining us if this is your first time. Glad you stayed long through. If you enjoyed The Velvet's Corner, make sure you give Phil a shout-out at any time you want. Uh, And lastly... For those of you who love us just so much and love the ridiculous intros and dumb stuff that we do that you decide, I want to go to patreon.com slash nartech and give these fuckers a dollar per month, if not more. This is what we do to thank you. And that is shout out every single one of you at the end of the episode who supports the show with more than just your time. And we're always so thankful for that. So we have Spencer, Brandon Edwards, Alex, Barry Rogers, Easton328. Aztec King, Leechion69, The Lord Corgi, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days93, Kevin Bacon Bits, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, No Fate, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Donovan Williams, Matthew Green, and Sean Sanderud. Thanks to each and every one of you, and see you next time. One. <clears throat> Would you catch them all? Cause I'd catch them all hard. <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh, Chris. It's too hard. Let's do it again. Let's retry. We can put these outtakes at the end of the show. I was acting. I was acting my heart out. That was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Oh wait, I need a prop. <laughs>